Welcome everyone to Games Are Fun, the final episode of 2019. My name is Luke and I am your host. Uh, joining me is a couple returning guests, Stephen Beagle's back on the show. Stephen, how's it going today? Doing really well today, Luke, thanks. Awesome. Uh, then we also have another guest returning and that's Garrett Neely. Garrett, thanks for coming on the show again. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. And then last but certainly not least is my co-host Adam Beagle. Adam, how are you? I'm great. I'm looking forward to this episode. Me too. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun one. This obviously has been teased the last couple episodes of Games Are Fun and then on our Twitter page and everything. But this is our game of the year discussion for 2019. And I'm really excited because last year when I did the game of the year 28 discussion, it wasn't really a discussion, it was just me talking about my favorite <laughs> games of 2018. So it's really nice to have you guys joining in on the show to just, you know, kind of get other opinions on what games we liked from this past year. So that's what this episode is. It's going to be our favorite games of 2019. We have some categories. I call them the GAF Awards just as a joke, but uh, we have some categories of video, like video games, and we each kind of pick some choices um, for each category. And then we are going to list our personal top five favorite games each with number one, obviously, being our kind of game of the year. And yeah, I want to make it clear that these are our personal, you know, favorite games of, of the year there. It's not like, it's funny hearing all these game of the year discussions and really talking about what does game of the year mean? Because it's kind of, you know, subjective in the sense that everyone sees game of the year as something different, right? Is it the game that you enjoyed the most this year? Is it the game that had to be released kind of thing? So this is just kind of like our top five personal favorites of the year so there's gonna there's obviously gonna be some overlap and stuff but we're gonna have a long discussion about all the the top games so but before we get to all that we're gonna talk about the game awards because that aired a couple days after last week's episode and i just wanted to run through some of the major winners that walked away with some big awards after that night and then obviously talk about some announcements we had some big surprising announcements so i wanted to get everyone's thoughts on some of those and yeah, that's what this final episode is going to be. So uh, sit back and relax and I hope you guys enjoy. But before we get to all that, just a reminder that this podcast airs normally every Tuesday. Um, it's actually, I should say that that might change going into the new year. Uh, we're taking a couple weeks off for the holiday break and we're going to be coming back in January. And we have some big things, some future plans for the podcast that uh, we're not ready to share quite yet, but when we get into January, we'll figure out, um, you know, when that first episode's going to be and if we're going to change up the release schedule. Because, um, yeah, there's just some factors in place there that might make it more difficult to to hit Tuesday. So we'll we'll look at that and let you guys know. But the podcast is available on all major podcast services such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Just search for Games Are Fun and whatever podcast service you use. Also, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe. If this is your first time listening, hopefully you enjoy enough to to hit that subscribe button. And one thing that you guys can do if you're listening on Apple Podcasts is leave us a review. Uh, we only have a couple reviews on Apple Podcasts, but that's actually probably the one platform that we you guys listen on the most. So if you could take a couple seconds right now and just leave, leave a review or I guess after the show um, and 
tell us what you think because that's a great way of providing feedback to the show and it also helps us kind of grow and get the show noticed by other people so if you could do that that would be greatly appreciated so all right that's all the housekeeping stuff i have so let's talk about the game awards 2019 so leading up to them we 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 saw the nominees we went over that last time you guys were on the the show uh steven and garrett and so we now have some winners so uh, the big one to start off was Sekiro Shadows Die Twice won Game of the Year, which was huge, um, hugely surprising to me. And then Sekiro Shadows Die Twice also won Action Adventure. Uh, Disco Elysium pulled pulled in big during the Game Awards. They actually won four awards. Um, they won Independent Game. They play. They won Role Playing Game. Um, oh crap! Uh, independent Game, Role Playing Game narrative and then there was one more debut indie game so that's that's pretty big for for a game that to be honest i had not heard of until i heard the nominees uh for family game we got luigi's mansion 3 games for impact we got gree uh what else do we got performance mads mickelson and then apex legends one multiplayer game of the year devil may cry 5 action game super smash brothers ultimate got the best fighting game and then Fortnite, ongoing game, Control 1, best art direction, Call of Duty Modern Warfare for audio design, and then what are some other? Death Stranding, score, soundtrack, yada, yada, yada. So interesting night. I'm going to turn it over to you guys. What did you guys think of some of the winners? Were were you surprised by any of the the awards and, and their, the people who won them? I think, you know, Sekiro getting Game of the Year was very surprising absolutely um, with the lineup of games that was in that category uh and just how they kind of got other than other than the other one that they won they were in a lot of categories and they were just getting supplanted mm. each time and then it rolled around the game of the year and you're like oh yeah it's probably gonna be death stranding just because everything out there about it but they it was almost a 360 on on what everybody was expecting i think coming out of that category cool though yeah cool that yeah i mean it was it was one of the underdogs going in there for sure i was surprised and it it was awesome seeing the the reaction of the the people from from software (laughs) reacting to their name being announced for for the winner um because i think even they were probably a little shocked because you look at some of those big games like you know resident evil 2 remake death stranding like you said um what was the other one uh, I'm blanking. Yeah, control. Control. Yeah, those control, were uh, yeah. the the three kind of going in there that were you know I was kind of expecting to win. Um, so yeah, big surprise for sure. Uh, Garrett, Adam, any thoughts on Sekiro? Uh, yeah. So I I haven't played it. Um, but my thought going in was that Death Stranding and Sekiro were, were both going to have a pretty hard time just because they were pretty divisive. You know, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people weren't into the gameplay of death stranding. A lot of people can't physically get into the gameplay of Sekiro cause it's a very difficult game, but um, yeah, it, it totally shocked me as well. Yeah. Um, I really thought maybe control was probably going to take it cause yeah. it just seemed like kind of the gamers game, but yeah. Um, something that I'd love to check out if I can uh, get over that difficulty. <laughs> Same here. Yeah, I agree. And I think, um, you know, the, the fact that IGN gave control game of the year and, and you kind of, you know, it's easy to think of, of IGN as one of the, the voices of the gaming industry. 
industry and uh, kind of the gaming community at large in a lot of cases uh, kind of had me believing that Control was going to end up winning overall. Just thinking, you know, a lot of those companies may share the same kind of um, same kind of, I guess, uh, things that they like in video games or uh, same kind of appeal in video games. So I kind of thought Control was going to take it. Sekiro, um, again, being kind of a, a niche game because of how difficult that it is, you know, being in that, that Souls-like category. Um, so it was very surprising for me that that one uh, really thought that it was going to... I did think Death Stranding had a had a shot to pull out the win, but I think Control was, was kind of the favorite going in. So it was very surprising to see Sekiro come out uh, with Game of the Year. Totally, yeah. What I think was even more surprising not really surprising but more impactful is disco elysium like i said winning four awards um for a game that came out in october so obviously it's still like some of the other games we've mentioned was fresh in people's minds but it was also one of those games that was a you know pc exclusive and not a lot of people had even heard of it at least the general public i would say um Mm -hmm. because it was it's a new ip and everything but to think that in that short period of time and with only a player base on one platform for them to come come out of there with four awards obviously means that game left a pretty big impression on those who played it enough so that they they voted for it in those awards and everything um over top of some of those other AAA games that you know people have been talking about for majority of the year so i'm really i don't really know too much about it and even after it's one I've kind of done some research and looking, okay, what is this game that uh, everyone's talking about as being so good? And I'm, I'm really looking forward to it coming to consoles. It is announced that it's coming to Xbox One and PS4. So I'm definitely going to check it out because you can't uh, skip on a game like that that, you know, receives so much praise. So do you guys have any other thoughts of, you know, winners, uh, any snubs, anything like that? So I, I still think, uh, oh gosh, Fire Emblem should have been in Game of the Year discussion sure. and also in RPG discussion. I have no idea why it wasn't in Best RPG. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, that was big time snub there. But yeah. um, I think overall, like I, I think, you know, things went sort of largely as expected. Yeah. And, and again, I don't think there was, aside from Game of the Year, I don't think there was any huge like surprises or shocks involved. Mm-hmm. Um I'm stoked that Mads won uh, best performance, mm-hmm. even though he was he was too cool to be there. I, to hey, I, did I not call it when we were, <laughs> did, we were talking at the show? I'm like, I bet you he's too too big Hollywood to show up. And I, t- I totally want to <laughs> shout out my man uh, Reggie for being there at the show. Like, I'm so glad that he's still showing up, even yeah. though he's not with Nintendo anymore. And gave an awesome speech about uh, indie games and how everyone you know starts basically starts as an as an indie developer and you know and then. It, they kind of create their own legacy from mm-hmm. there. So that, that was really cool. I, I hope he continues to be a staple of, of that event. And, yeah. Um, so, yeah, big big shout out to him. My man, my body's ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sure we'll continue to see Reggie, even even though he's out of games for now. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll still see him pop up every... Because he's, so, he's so, such an icon in the industry that, you know, it's, that's, that's just how it's going to be. And I'm, I'm glad... It was also funny. I don't know if this was for Reggie specifically. It could have been somebody else, but I was on Twitter like while um, after the show and I was looking through different things and 
they uh <laughs> there was like the teleprompter was saying you know like please wrap it up now like stop talking kind of like on the screen and then all <laughs> was of a that sudden for him? I, I think it was for reggie because um based on the timeline because i didn't i looked at it after the show but based on where the tweets were kind of and i think i saw someone saying that this was what was being shown when reggie was anyways he kept talking and then all of a sudden in it like flashes red it's like please wrap it up and it's like flashing because he's like just talking but i mean like you can't interrupt reggie you know right it's reggie yeah exactly (laughs) and it was a great like you said a great great speech it was a little weird um that it was like then he went into announcing the award like it makes sense because he was there to be a presenter but it's almost like okay this person got their (laughs) award announced by jeff on the side stage and then this person you know who won the award i think it was disco elysium got this awesome like you know reggie speech beforehand and stuff so they probably were pretty <laughs> pretty excited to to receive such a an awesome presenter but i will say i was hoping that nintendo would have given him like a game to sort of announce or show yeah, off yeah, something just like say, that. just for old time's yeah. sake but yeah but that's okay i still like that he was there mm-hmm. yeah that's something i did want to to hit on is that you know it still seems like they have too many awards and not enough time to present them all and it yeah. feels like a lot of the awards that should be on stage are just read off of a list and some of the ones that you're like why are we why are we putting this on the main stage yeah uh, it just i feel like they they gotta kind of take a look at their awards and maybe cut it down a little bit because like it, it it seems like there's a lot of very very specific awards that not a lot of people are into mm-hmm. and then they just get shoved off to the side anyway so like yeah. is it is it seems like they they kind of lack the prestige at some points and i'd like to see them kind of um i know it's a it's a balance between announcements and, and awards but i would mm-hmm. like to see them kind of hold some of those awards in a little higher regard you know yeah, yeah i remember another, i was gonna say another thing on that note <clears throat> um you know uh, like they didn't even really have anything for best RPG. They just kind of offhand mentioned it whenever the the same game mm-hmm. hit the stage again. Um, but yet they sat there and read off <clears throat> they read off the esports stuff for the greatest content creator that sort of thing. They had mm-hmm. a whole big deal or kind of a spiel doing the list read, kind of switching that around and give us give us a presenter for best mm-hmm. RPG. Mm-hmm. You know, give us a presenter for. Uh, best narrative things like things along those lines like kind of give us give us those ones where like the esports one um i think they could leave that for the pre-show you know yeah uh, one of those type of things yeah i think the biggest one for me that they did on the side stage was soundtrack because uh, wasn't it just in 2017 with uh you know mario odyssey and and uh legends of zelda and all that didn't they didn't they have the orchestra play tracks from the song or did, maybe they played the music from the winner of the song when they announced it on stage, something something along those lines. I, I can't mm-hmm. remember, but to, to do something like that, especially when you have the orchestra already there, um, what a great way to, to hype up that category. And who mm-hmm. doesn't love, you know, a good soundtrack? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think I think that's something they should give give a little bit more more of a do. True, yeah. They did do, like, the orchestra did play, like, when the Game Award, like, the Game of the Year, sorry, uh, was nominated the nominees were being read out and everything. They yes. did have that montage, but right. I agree. It would make more sense for, you know, that category of sound to have something like that for sure. 
Yeah, it's it's always one of those things that's super difficult of like you guys have said that finding that balance. But I too was very surprised on some of the awards that were were read out on the side stage because even like even if you look at the other major awards shows like the Oscar, there's so many that happen during commercial breaks and aren't yeah. even really part of the show, right? And I get that you can't. There's a there's a ton of awards and you can't necessarily read out every single one or the the show's just going to take forever because you you put in speeches and all that stuff, but there was yeah there was definitely a, a weird mix of side stage because like you said major categories like RPG or um, action game or whatever some of those some of those were big categories and they just kind of read them out and you know those. Uh, I even think another thing that I read on Twitter was people mentioning that they didn't necessarily know, uh, like the, the announcements of, uh, around that were kind of weird and stuff, uh, being like the developers in the audience and stuff. So I don't know. I don't know what the solution is, but I think this year has, I've seen like the most people vocal about bringing up concerns of the show and its formats and stuff like that. So maybe Jeff, you know, Jeff's a, always taking that feedback. He, he, he basically spends the entire year working on this show. So I, I suspect next year is going to actually look a little different just because of people were very vocal on those kinds of things. So, yeah, I mean, it's always a good show. I mean, e either way, yeah. um, it was still fine. I, I enjoyed it. It was an entertaining time. So I, I'm still going to look forward to the next one. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure either way, Keely's going to put on a good show. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, same here. I thought it was a, a pretty good show overall, and I, I, uh, I did want to mention that I was happy to see uh, Kojima get the the award for the yes, best uh, action, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That one that one made me happy because I I wasn't so sure that he had a shot for for game of the year, and I thought he deserved to at least take some take home something for that. You're game. right. Yeah. I I think that one was pretty much in the books because you think of all the other games for best direction, it's like okay, name all the directors for those other games, and you <laughs> exactly. probably couldn't, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about a little bit about announcements. There was quite a few in there. Mm -hmm. Like we can't go over them all, but let's obviously talk about the, the big one. So let's start off with Xbox series X being announced. Um, we get that trailer and you're watching it kind of figuring out what was going on when I saw the, the cars, and then I saw like the soccer game. I was like, is this like an EA commercial or something like that? <laughs> and then when you, when you see Halo or like you, I, I was like, holy crap, this is actually happening. They're doing it right now at the game awards. They're announcing their, their next generation console. And that's exactly what happened. Phil came out, he talked a little bit and then we got that Hellblade 2 trailer. So what'd you guys think of, first of all, like well, yeah. What it just in general? What are your thoughts about that announcement? What do you think of the name? What do you think of the the design of it? Um, yeah, let's shoot it over to to Garrett first. Yeah. So I when that the uh, the trailer started, you know, there was all these rumors about Elden Ring was going to have a trailer. And yeah. There was like this big ring kind of thing <laughs> spreading out across the land and changing things. I'm like, oh, this is Elden Ring, I think. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I saw the cars and I'm like, well, wait a second. That looks like maybe Forza. <laughs> or I'm, I was so confused. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, you don't, this you don't is, remember this sports cars and all the high fantasy literature? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I don't remember Legolas hopping into his Corvette or anything <laughs> yeah. like that. But, uh, 
Yeah, so I, as soon as I saw those cars, I was like, okay, this is something something to pay attention to here. I'm not sure what's going on, but yeah, then as soon as uh, Master Chief showed up, I was like, wow, they're they're doing it. They're they're going to announce it right here, and I was just I was pretty speechless for a minute because um, I I don't think anyone really saw this coming at all. No. Um, I think everyone expected them to kind of own their own moment, have their own event, and I think they actually kind of did the right thing here by just saying, no, we're going to do it when you least expect it. So <laughs> I was super hyped. I'm still super hyped. Um, I think there was, was really go ahead. Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, I just, I just think it was a really good time and a really nice way to, to kind of kick off the, the next gen info coming out throughout the whole next year. So there was one person that called it. I totally did. I totally called it. <laughs> he did. He did. Nice, I Steve. told him there's. I told him there's no chance in hell. Yeah, but he yeah. was right. Wow. We were we were eating our barbecue before show, right. and I'm like, I want to see next gen. Like, <laughs> I, that's going to be my prediction. Is that yeah. we're going to see a next gen happen. We're going to see a game, and we're going to see a system. And they're like, oh, laughing me out of the room, basically. <laughs> And then it happened, and yeah, yeah uh, he's I'm with now. you. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. literally, literally, one person did did predict it would be shown. <laughs> Fair enough. And it was definitely a hype moment for the for the show too. Yeah. Whenever it came out, because yeah. it's you know I'm I'm sitting there all like, oh, they're never gonna do what I said because everybody <laughs> else was laughing at me. But then yeah. it happened, and and yeah, I just um, you know I, I mentioned it to you guys before. As long as they bring a library, yeah, like, of course. This system's gonna be awesome. Yeah. Like it, it looks cool. I mean, it's it's totally a tower for a PC tower, <laughs> yeah. but it's a uh, it's something that I would love to have sitting in my living room on my TV. Mm-hmm. And I really just hope that the library starts fleshing out a little bit, and we start getting some really nice exclusives for uh, for Xbox, and you know, start adding that hype in a little bit more. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm super I'm super excited. I mean, as someone that really only has an Xbox for Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, it's exciting to see what what first-party games they have in store for this console, which I'm sure we'll, we'll see a lot more, either at some, you know, pre-E3, like, official unveiling event or at E3 or, or both. But um, And then we can see what the next, you know, lineup of games that are going to come to Game Pass are from, uh, from their first-party studios and... Um, you know, so that's going to be really cool. And, and then obviously we did see the one, uh, from, from Ninja Theory with, uh, uh, the new Senua game yeah. and it, it, it kind of blew me away. Like the fact that that's all in engine, like, yeah, it's, it's not necessarily like gameplay, but you know, that's all in engine. I mean, and, and it looked good. Like yeah. it looked pretty, pretty realistic. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to see, see what this, uh, next gen console situation is going to look like. Yeah. I, I'm in the same boat as you guys. I'm, I'm excited. I've said on the show before that I going into next gen, I was probably like thinking of day, day one. Cause we're probably going to get the PS five and this Xbox series X around the same time. Um, you know, just like last gen and you know, that, that means I got to come down to choosing one. And I, I was, and I probably, I am going to get the PS five, but now after seeing it, I'm like, man, if I save up starting now, you know, I could probably get both and have that awesome new looking Xbox. Cause I like it. People have talked about the design online about it being weird that it's not going to fit in their entertainment station or whatever. And I mean, first world problems, you know what I mean? Like, okay, put it beside your TV or 
fit, you, you can come up with a solution. It can go on its side. They've talked about that. It obviously doesn't look quite as cool on the side. It's, it's meant to stand vertically like that, but um, I think it looks awesome. I love that they picked. Um, I, I was, when they announced that they acquired Ninja Theory and this is hot off of, you know, Senua's sacrifice and Hellblade just being uh, a pretty solid game. I knew like, going in that that was a big win for them because i'm like if they could just create a sequel to this game it already looks fantastic on the ps4 and the xbox one and so seeing this one i mean it's a awesome single player uh narrative based game and that's the thing that xbox has lacked for such mm -hmm. a long time yep. uh this con this generation and so i i'm super pumped to to, to see even more of what Xbox has up its sleeves with some of their other studios and what games we don't know about yet. So I'm, I'm excited and I can't wait to find out more about it. You know, we, there's supposed to be two models of the Xbox next gen, um, one more powerful than the other, but I want to know, you know, things like prices and obviously when is, when can we get our hands on this and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So, um, let's talk about, is there any other, announcements that there, there obviously is Adam was there any other announcements in the show that you wanted to talk about yeah the two two big ones for me were um I mean I guess there were three but uh two of the ones that maybe no one else will mention is uh Bravely Default 2 um I know there's some weird controversy around the naming convention because there was a Bravely Second out <laughs> and now this is Bravely Default 2 so yeah. it, it's a little weird the way they're doing the naming convention on the game but I mean this is a same studio that did Octopath Traveler and the previous Bravely games. So I'm already uh, in for it because of that. Yeah. And then, of course, the absolutely weird, mind-boggling, like someone was on drugs when they made the trailer for uh, No More Heroes 3. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, just such a bizarre trailer. But, um, you know, I, I love the first, first No More Heroes and, uh, you know, just Travis touchdown. I mean, why isn't he in smash yet? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm so glad that, that there's finally, you know, some more stuff with, uh, you know, coming out with that game and that's going to be a game I'm for sure going to get. So, nice. so that was a pretty big announcement for me. How about you, Steven? I'm going to have to go with uh, dark Alliance announced by wizards of the coast this, uh, during the show. Um, Whenever I saw the guy out there in his in his Descenta Avernus T-shirt, I was like, "We're <laughs> about to get a D and D game." And they announced uh, Dark Alliance, and it's it's Dritzen Company. It's like if you're familiar at all with the Dark Elf trilogy or any of the the books uh, featuring the Dark Elf, <clears throat> uh, he's an incredible character in the in the realms. And uh, seeing that he's coming to a video game now in a four player uh, hack and slash rpg looter type situation like it's going to be a lot of fun uh especially since i think the last dark alliance game was was playstation 3 maybe or maybe even, two even two. Wow. two so it's been a long yeah. time uh coming to get one of these things in our hands again and uh, and now it's it's coming from wizards from their very own game studio mm -hmm. uh so i'm really excited to to see this in action and i mentioned a little bit of lore the dragon at the end of the trailer that they posted up on youtube is um um, icing death is its short name. It's its full name is ridiculous, and <laughs> very difficult to pronounce. But yeah. um, which means that it, it puts this game in the uh, in the Icewind Dale 
book trilogy, which is one of the best trilogies. Uh, whenever it comes to storytelling and fighting and, and uh, I guess you could call them boss battles, just a lot of really good lore that can come out of it. And I'm, I'm ready to see it put into a game. It's going to be awesome. I think the only other media that I would love to see it as is a movie, and uh, this, it should be perfect. Yeah, that's awesome. I I never really have been into Dungeons & Dragons. Megan actually plays Dungeons & Dragons quite a bit because um, the school she teaches at, uh, got her into Dungeons and Dragons so she knows much more she's really into fantasy the fantasy genre and stuff um, and when she saw that that stuff you know she got excited so I'm like okay this is obviously uh, big for for D&D fans and stuff but overall in the show there was a lot of fantasy genre type we got a lot of Magic the Gathering stuff we had you know yeah. League of Legends games that we don't really know too much about we just got a lot of cinematic trailers and stuff but uh, there was a heavy prevalence of fantasy, which is never a bad thing in my books. So I'm I'm really excited. I like Dungeons and Dragons. I like D and D. They some of the best storytellers out there, obviously. And so bring more of that into video games. I would totally be okay with that. So I'm I'm excited <laughs> as well. Garrett, how about you? Uh, some some favorite announcements or? Yeah, I think the big game announcement that, that got me excited was Godfall for PS5. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Just looks like a really cool game. They didn't show too much of it, but um, yeah, they, it just seemed like the first of many uh, more exclusive games coming to the PlayStation brand, and it, it looked like a cool one to me. Yeah, that was the... Yeah, Garrett. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Adam. No, I was just going to say, Garrett, uh, he showed us, or he shared an animation that he got off of Twitter um, just like a real, just like what two or three second clip of of mm-hmm. some gameplay for it, and um, first thing I thought of was was this kind of reminds me of Two Human, which is a game that I love back on the Xbox 360 that was supposed to be a trilogy that never happened, and um, so I'm like I'm totally down for this some some two hu- two human looking gameplay, and I, I thought I had a, I thought my perspective on that was very unique, and then I found out other people made this drew the same comparisons, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, that's cool that, that that type of like genre is is kind of um, you know making its way back. So I'm I'm very excited for that game. Plus, it was the f- first uh, announced PlayStation Five yeah. title, that's so ex- that's big news in itself. That's exactly what I was gonna mention because it's we don't really. That's the one thing that I'm eager to find out is what are what does our launch lineup look like for this next gen? Because that's obviously consoles are great and knowing how they work and everything, but we want to know what we can play day one. That's something that is so important for a console's launch and last generation for ps4 and xbox one i think lacked um and so this being i think they i don't know if they actually said this was a launch i'm assuming it's a launch ps5 title but it said late 2020 so Um, yeah i'm assuming i'm assuming that it's going to be a launch but who knows maybe not maybe it gets delayed or something like that but nonetheless big big win for sony to get you know a third party developed exclusive like that so Part of me wonders if when they when they did gave the green light for this trailer to air at the Game Awards, if they thought they were going to be the only next gen <laughs> yeah. showcase there, and yeah. then Xbox comes out at the beginning is like, boom, yeah. console. <laughs> yeah. Like, kind of kind of want to know what uh, what it was like in in Sony's you know back offices. Right. Yeah. When, when that happened. Totally. For myself, uh, I want to give a quick shout out to that. Ghost of Tsushima trailer that we got. We got oh, that yeah. first look at State of Play. It was like a super small teaser, but this woman actually showed some gameplay 
and we also got that release window of summer 2020 and the game looks awesome like i'm so on board it mm-hmm. it looks really great visually but uh just the gameplay scene it it was you know again take it with a grain of salt because it's a it's a trailer and everything but it's that you know over the shoulder action game you're you're a samurai um it's gonna be cool i think it's gonna be i uh i think people are gonna be surprised by how good it is just just that's my opinion on initial impressions and everything so Excited for that. Uh, the biggest announcement that got me the most hype was actually The Wolf Among Us 2. Because that was totally out of left field. And I think caters to a smaller audience because it is, uh, it's a telltale game, which is, you know, not everybody's cup of tea. But it's one of those games where your choices influence how the game's played out. And I really like The Walking Dead. And The Wolf Among Us was the like the second Telltale series I kind of checked out, and I loved it. Like it, it's a really cool story if um, you're into like fairy tales at all. Um, it kind of has a, a darker tone. It's based on this comic book series called uh, Fables, and it's yeah. So you have lots of characters like Snow White and um, Humpty Dumpty, and all these like Tweedledee, Tweedledum, like all these fantasy fairy tale characters but they live in kind of like an urban city like new york or something like that and so they have to kind of like it's it, it you you play as like uh, a detective and everything um and it's just it's such a good game I, it's one of those games that i highly recommend if you liked any of the telltale games to check it out and this game was announced before telltale closed down and then Telltale closed down. It was like, shit, we're not going to get Wolf Among Us 2, not to mention, you know, all the other stuff that comes comes with Telltale shutting down. So uh, there's been a lot of conversation about this game in the industry right now with, you know, people who worked on the first Wolf Among Us, but then got laid off by Telltale. And, you know, they, they've brought back a lot of original ploys uh to, to for the new Telltale and there's a new studio I can't remember the name of it that's working on this game but you know that would kind of suck too to be a part of a project and then all of a sudden be there I, I think I was on kind of funny Greg was mentioning a tweet on somebody who was sitting in the audience or watching at home or something and seeing it being announced having you know worked on the previous one and just being like man, that really sucks. Something that you were really passionate and worked on for years and then you were laid off and now this new group is going on. And yeah, anyways, I'm I'm excited for it though. It's cool. We're getting a new engine too. It's going to be an Unreal Engine. Um, so I'm excited for that. Lastly, I, I could not, I, I had to talk about this and that is Fast and Furious yep. ending off the yeah, show. I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, man. What a weird, weird, like, addition I to mean, the show. I mean, they saved the best for last. <laughs> I, I would be lying if I said it wasn't, it was not entertaining because <laughs> it, like, I have a little bit of a, you know, I'm sure Adam and Garrett, Stephen, I don't know if you fall kind of funny, but with their, like, appreciation of, Fast and Furious, kind of in a joking way and also constantly making fun of Vin Diesel. I, you know, seeing that, I'm like, oh, I need to like go back and watch Tim react to this because he probably lost his mind because it's like it, he he looked just high as shit coming on stage and, you know, not only 
showing off this janky ass Fast and Furious game that looked like it belongs on the 360 or something, but also being the ones to, you know, announce who won game of the year. Like, what a weird choice, you know? Mm -hmm. It it was just such an awkward moment in the show. And, like, you know, previous years, there's always been those times, like, whenever dude was like, fuck the Oscars, and it basically, that was that that, that awkward moment. Now, this one (laughs) is like, this was a whole new level, and it was amazing. And the game, like, I only hope that it's still in development, and that's why it looks the way it does. Right, yeah. (laughs) It is just like, uh, she couldn't even pronounce Tekken correctly. (laughs) Yeah, what did she call it again? She was like, Tekken. Tekken. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, she messed that up, and then, yeah, you're right, Vin Diesel came out looking just absolutely <laughs> ripped, and not the strong way, like, you know, yeah. but yeah, yeah, it was just like, it was so bad and so oh, good man. all at once. Yeah. It was just a, an awesome train wreck of a, of a moment, for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, it wouldn't be a live show or E3 or the Game Awards if there wasn't some level of cringe there, and I love cringy moments like that because whereas most people are uncomfortable I'm like give me more this is hilarious like how far can we go with this and every word that came out of their mouth like you said mispronouncing games and being like we're one of them now we're gamers now and like I'm just like you were so out of your element and it's so weird because it's you know that's the one thing that I think is different about the game awards today compared to you know the spike video game awards is there was a lot of that product placement and that crowd and industry of you know Hollywood and commercialism put into the show that just never worked out because you know it's it it's not a good match there and so it was kind of like a a a taste of the past there with them coming out I felt like I was watching something from like 2000 and you know eight or something like that it felt very weird but um provided a lot of entertainment nonetheless (laughs) Yeah, what what was the deal with the whole? I saw the trailer for the new one last night, and you haven't seen it yet. Or like, yeah. was was he supposed to say that? Or was I he don't know. Like really that high? There, like <laughs> he, that whole thing about him talking about the Fast and Furious Nine trailer is. So he he tweeted out or something that, or put on Instagram or something that ne- he's like next. M-. So <laughs> he was like. Sometime in December, he said, he's like, this week I'm going to tell you when the trailer for Fast and Furious 9 is coming out. And so that week, at the end of the week or something, he was like, okay, next month, you're going to find out the day of, or like, when, like, he's just like, it's like making a big deal out of a trailer when it's like, just tell us, like, okay, it's a Thursday, trailers dropping Monday for Fast 9. You know what I mean? Like, it's so weird. But that's Vin Diesel for you, I guess. But Seriously. Yeah. Yeah, very memorable award show. It was good. I liked it. Um, it was long. I felt it was pretty long. Um, you know, it wasn't the longest it's been, but there was, it was, it's just, it was a little different. I, I, if I'm being honest, last year felt like a really good award show. We had a lot of great speeches from the, the winners. All the announcements were, there were some really hype announcements. And I'm not saying that there was an announcement good announcements this year all i'm saying is it's just like it's it felt like more of a celebration of of the people who make games last year and there was it felt like the announcements were kind of shadowing those 
people who won the awards a little bit. And like you were saying, Garrett, it's, it's hard to find that balance of what what do you make the show, right? You obviously want the announcements. You want to bring people in to watch the show. But, you know, you also don't want to do that too much so that you're you're not putting any time to the, the people who have literally spent years making a product. Um, so, I don't know. It will be interesting to see what next year's looks like. But, yeah, any final thoughts you guys have on the Game Awards before we move on? No, I, just, I thought it was an overall decent show and cool. i agree that it has been better in in past years yeah. but i'm not going to complain it was free to watch it yeah. was yeah, exactly. uh, a celebration of the industry and you know yeah. uh, things things change year to year and hopefully next year will be a little bit more polished for sure all right let's move on to the gaff awards um so i like to i um Last year, I was joking. I use I because like the acronym for games are fun is kind of funny. Gaff. So Gaff Awards. These are the awards for basically each of us gave picked a choice for certain categories. So we have best indie game, we have best technical design, we have best narrative, best surprise, and best disappointment. So best surprise being you know a game that maybe surprises good or bad, um, and then biggest disappointment you know. I think that is pretty self-explanatory. Um, for pe- best technic- technical design, we're kind of combining things like graphics, audio, art design, everything like that, because um, we want to talk more about our, our top five. But I wanted to, to give shout-outs on more specific things. So we're, I guess we'll start with best indie game. So who wants to go first? Let's do Garrett. Why don't you give us your best indie game of 2019? Okay, so I didn't actually play a ton of indie games this year, but the one that I played that stood out to me was Untitled Goose Game. Nice. Um, nice. And I actually just started playing it within the last week. Uh, me and my son sat down and, and started playing it, and just the sheer laughter that it created <laughs> nice. among the two of us, it, I, I had to pick it because I could continue to spray that gardener over and over and over again, and my son just lost it every single <laughs> time, and that made me have a good time, so... We were just kind of exploring and, and figuring out all the, all the funny stuff that we could do to, to kind of um, interfere with the uh, the human's day. And, uh, yeah, I just think it's a really cute game. It's a cool idea. And uh, it was definitely um, something that was um, kind of unexpected for me. Didn't expect to like it so much. So that was, that was my pick. Nice, yeah. And it's now available on other platforms too. It was locked there on the the switch, but now it's on game pass. It's on PS4 mm-hmm. now. So I'm sure more people will get that chance. I still have yet to play it, but it's, I downloaded it off of game pass and it's sitting there. Now, if I could just turn on my Xbox and get my Xbox working, <laughs> I would give it a play. But yeah, I, I, I love how they also kept untitled goose game as, as its title. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it was a joke to begin right. with and then they just committed for it and it, it it was hilarious. I loved it. It's kind of like Octopath Traveler, and they just took off projects yeah. from the beginning of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, Stephen, how how about you? What was your favorite indie game? So I'm gonna go to uh, Hello Games, No Man's Sky. <laughs> nice. Um, I think that the you know this is a this is more almost a a. Um, games as their game as a service sort of situation mm-hmm. like a destiny 2 where it should, you're just getting constantly new content or something so it's almost a cheat not as bad as a as a later uh category but um i think that the beyond update 
kind of filled in a lot that Next didn't have whenever they did that one. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that comes to mind is Oceans. You know, they kind of kind of cut Oceans in Next and Beyond threw them back in and kind of expanded on that a lot more. Uh, and then you also got the multiplayer aspect added in and smoothed out. And, um, you know, now you have this Nexus hub where you can literally start hanging out with other people in the galaxy and getting getting certain jobs done. Uh, and then they also add in, in the VR aspect. And mm-hmm. um, one of the best VR, it, it reviews-wise, it's, it's, it's one of the best VR uh, games out there right now. So um, I definitely gave it to, to uh, No Man's Sky. It's just a, always and forever will be one of my all-time favorite games. Um, and uh, very happy to put it in this category. Yeah, it, it, what a comeback story that they have had with, you know, from launch to today and how how they just totally revamped that game. I remember playing it like a couple months after it first came came out and I wasn't one of those people that was hating on it because it was one of those things that I I didn't know much about the game. So there was the things that people were complaining about. I didn't necessarily have the history there, but I remember just kind of be like, oh yeah, this is pretty neat. And then I just kind of moved on. And then when the the first big update next, uh, yeah, that because that was when it came to Xbox, I believe as well. And it was that year after and they had come back and it was amazing. And then even just this last update, I jumped into it. And it's crazy just how how much work that they've put into to continuing to continue to support that game is, you know, exceptional and i definitely commend commend them for doing that all right adam what was your favorite indie game easy choice for me uh indivisible (laughs) yes (laughs) um i i did a a full review on that game uh i guess a couple months ago uh it was the episode that me and steven ran the show while luke was uh doing canadian uh, thanksgiving canadian thanksgiving yeah So uh, I did my my full review there, but I mean it was just it was just an awesome blend of genres that I that I absolutely adore, like the Metroidvania type and uh, RPG. So just kind of meshing those two genres together was like it was like it was tailor made for me. So yeah, <laughs> um, I, I had a I had a lot of fun with it. It was a great game. I really enjoyed it. I mean it was easily best best indie game for me this year. I remember you mentioning the game to me on the show and I I hadn't heard about it and it was crazy that like I think it was like two weeks later that that's when they had dropped that they were when the release date was or something like that because I remember it being like a coincidence that we were just talking about it and then the release date came out so it was pretty cool that you it it, it did because you weren't sure when that game was going to come and then you, you right. got to, to get it at the end of this year um I still have yet to, to check it out for myself. I took it out from the library, have it installed, just got to make time for it. But if you guys want to hear Adam's review on that, uh, you can go to episode number 68, Indivisible Review. Uh, PS5 News is the episode title, and you can kind of hear more of what Adam had. Because I, I remember listening to the episode, and you gave a, a great breakdown of what that game is and what you liked about it. So. For me, the best indie game would was Katana Zero. Uh, this was one of the my favorite games of the year, and I cheated by putting it in my the indie <laughs> category because I'm like, it is it belongs in the top five for sure. But I 
wanted to put another game in there. And so I just booted this over to best indie game. I was really bummed to see that it didn't make the the game awards there with they were nominated but i was really pulling through for them to to win um katana zero is just an exceptional game i really liked it i will always have a memory associated to it by the fact that it was the first video game that i got to review for a website uh earlier this year so that was really cool it was the first time i got a code for review and stuff but i was going to buy the game anyways right because i remember seeing that game at a nintendo direct and just thinking like man this game looks awesome and then playing it and it just hitting every every single box it was great gameplay great art style great story you know awesome soundtrack um if you're a fan of hotline miami those kinds of games you'll definitely be a fan of katana zero uh, and then if you're into just the aesthetic of cyberpunk and you know synth wave music and whatnot it's, it's definitely up your alley i remember i was actually when you and i adam had just i think just met around that time when we were playing through mm-hmm. and i remember just messaging you about gushing how much i love that game and <laughs> it's one of those games that i want to just go back and play through it again um because i loved it so much so that yeah, would i was be super my... excited no sorry go ahead oh I, I, that was it I was just gonna say I was I was super excited because um, you you obviously you played through it and finished it before I did since mm-hmm. you were doing the review copy but I got it day one mm-hmm. and I remember playing through it and I got you know maybe maybe halfway or so a couple hours into the game uh, not a real long game but excellent game and I remember just being like oh my god dude this game's so good and like <laughs> yeah. I was excited to have someone to talk about yeah, with it exactly, I'm like this right. game is so good I can't wait to play more um, like I think I kind of told you where I was at and I'm, I'm just like. I, this is, it's great. Yeah. It's such a good experience. Yeah. And, uh, I think it was all done by one person too. It was. Yeah. Which is even more incredible. Yeah, definitely. Uh, a, a feat in a, in, in and of itself right there. Yeah. But I mean, to be such a great game, like, yeah, that was, that was a really exciting playthrough. It's definitely a must play. If you got a Nintendo switch, it's for switch and PC, I believe. So, all right. Let's move into the next category, which is best technical de- design. So that's things like the graphics, audio, art design, etc. So a game that impressed you on that level. So I guess we'll just go in the same order. Garrett, why don't you give yours? All right. So my pick for best technical design was Death Stranding. Um, nice. I think just as a total package, uh, the music choice, the the graphics, the... Um, the varied um, terrain that you're that you're going across, just it was all as a as a package was just a, a really beautiful game, mm-hmm. um, and I think that obviously technical design is is uh, a big big reason behind that, you know. Um, so for me, that was the the one that stood out to me. There were some other games that I definitely considered, but for me, Death Stranding kind of was a, a complete package when it came to um, the technical aspect. I didn't really see any bugs, um, no frame rate issues no pop in nothing like Mm -hmm. that um so i really just thought it it deserved my my nod in that category for for how uh seamless everything really was it's one of those games that i played it on before i got my ps4 pro because i got that like three or four weeks later or whatever it was and i have to like say that 
not not saying that the pro doesn't make it look great because it looks even better on the pro but playing it on my regular ps4 it was like holy crap this game looks phenomenal you know like right. they're it, it it's crazy how realistic the you know norman Reedus and these real life people just look like themselves you know what i mean it mm-hmm. was yeah and and the other thing is that it didn't make my ps4 sound like it was a jet <laughs> yeah. engine taking off right <laughs> i've played games that are not nearly as impressive looking that that i can't you know barely hear the game because <laughs> it's yeah. so loud but yeah totally no i mean it, it I, like i said i never had a problem with it everything was beautiful um and and i just really thought that it was a, a really nicely put together package in terms of technical design nice awesome steven how about yourself yeah kind of along the same lines you know uh environments um you know uh character character creation and and uh um you know just basically how they uh certain npcs and stuff would look in the game along with the music uh for the game and and uh all the things that made the environment uh very immersive i'm gonna give this uh best technical design to final fantasy 14 shadowbringers nice um because it's just the soundtrack itself is is wondrous and i think more than more than anything else in a game, a soundtrack is kind of what will draw me in, um, and kind of and kind of immerse me into into one. So like having the music along with these stunning environments in this in this expansion, uh, I think that uh, Square really brought a fantastic addition to the uh, to their game in the in this expansion, and I'm looking forward to more as they it, it kind of gives that. Um, what's next feeling right you know like oh i can't wait for them to design something else uh and even though i wasn't a big fan of the story everything else about the expansion uh was phenomenal and it's definitely at least worth a check out just for that that aspect of it what amazes me about final fantasy 14 is just how like you said how how awesome those technical elements are for you know an mmo because you look at other major mmos out there and I'm not like trying to crap on, you know, World of Warcraft or any of the other ones, but generally, you know, those things are not the highest priority. They're they're worrying about things like servers and all the online capabilities it has. So when a game can is has that online element of being a massive multiplayer game and then also looks great and is is has a great soundtrack and everything. I, re- I think it really speaks speaks volumes of how how impressive that game is for for that genre and stuff. So, I uh, I still personally have to get into it a little bit more. I checked it out after hearing Adam talk about um, the game on the show, and I I'm glad that that game is you know just like some of the other games we mentioned is continuing on and getting getting great support. So that's awesome. All right, Adam. <laughs> you know what it is. <laughs> you, you may you, this category. I feel like was tailor made for Death Stranding. Sure. How could I pick anything else? Really, <laughs> yeah. Because, um, yep. like Garrett said, it's it's the whole package. It's it's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, it's stunning. Um, it's it's very polished. The soundtrack is great, and they, you know they bring everything together, and they 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 bring it all together just right. Um, where we're technically that. I, that game is just awesome. I mean, mm-hmm. it's 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 art, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> through and through. So mm-hmm. I I had to give it to that. I had no choice. Yeah, yeah, um, I'll, yeah. Same boat here. 
it's it was my choice for that category for all the reasons that you guys have already mentioned i think it's fair to say that you know even if death stranding is not your style of game which it's quite a few people it didn't really work for them the one thing that people always talked about is how it looked and in the world and the soundtrack and all those elements that um aside from its gameplay were, were really big big wins for that game and stuff so I love it. It's it's great. Uh, the soundtrack above everything else is just phenomenal. Like I have it, the Spotify soundtrack download on my phone, and I listen to it on the way to work because it's just a great compilation of great licensed music um, that was made for that game, and and it nailed that tone that Kojima was going for of the the world. And yeah, I I really like it. I never encountered a single bug, and so for that reason alone, like it, it, it beats out majority of the other games I played this year that, you know, had a, a certain level of jank to them. So, all right, uh, next category is sorry, I gotta pull it up. Best narrative. So Garrett. All right. Well, as crazy as it may seem, I'm gonna go with Death Stranding for best narrative as well. Okay. Um, you know, for me, it came down to this or Star Wars. Um, the Star Wars story was really, really good uh, for, for Fallen Order, um, but it was kind of just a Star Wars story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've heard a lot of Star Wars stories. I've seen a lot of Star Wars stories. And Death Stranding is something absolutely out there and completely different than anything I've ever experienced in my entire life. So uh, for that reason, you know, Things may not be as cohesive as they could be or should be, um, and and there's definitely a lot of confusion with what a, what all the different terminology <laughs> yeah. and different uh, you know characters and all that, how that everything fits together. But um, I'm I'm all aboard the train for the the weirdness. I love it. Um, so it, it to me that was the the best narrative that I experienced, um, and. You know, I think, like I said, the case could be made for several other games, but for me, it was just the fact that it was something so different, um, but that I still, by the end of it, I did understand the basic concept of what was happening right. and yeah. and, uh, and how it all came together at the end. So um, that was my pick. Yeah, that's awesome. It's uh, it's definitely a game that I think, and we talked, to, me and Adam talked about this when we were doing our review episode, is there's, you know, some people, like there are certain elements personally in the story that didn't jive with me but there was also the game does explain itself um quite a bit and there's so many things in that game aside from the cutscenes and um interactions you have with some of the other characters but just even like the emails that you can access and the interview logs of going Mm -hmm. through and hearing about what happened before uh, the void out and everything and before the death stranding and hearing all these little stories or getting emails from people that you had delivered to and just the writing behind these characters that they're literally a hologram and just hearing their stories you know like the the one that sticks out to me is the junkyard um dealer or whatever the junk dealer with the whole situation of um him getting married and then hearing all those stories was just so cool and that was just one example of uh, a one little small story inside this big story that's going on so i think it 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 hits a lot of layers not just the the big one of it the overall plot to it but the writing everywhere else is really exceptional Mm -hmm. 
And one other thing I wanted to mention that I really love when uh, games or even movies or books or something bases uh, themselves in reality and then goes off the deep end with it, but they also use that to explain things that we may not understand fully about our world. Right. So like the, the whole uh, deal with uh, extinction right. entities the being, being the, the explanation for the wipeout of the dinosaurs right. and stuff like that. Uh, I really love that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that just tying it back to our real world and things that we don't actually have full explanations for, or, or we may, may have good guesses, but yeah. Um, you know, not a full, uh, obvious, we don't, we weren't there. We don't mm-hmm. know what happened to yeah. the dinosaurs for, for sure. sure. But I mean, um, yeah, I, I just really love when, when games and, and any kind of storytelling does kind of stuff like that. So I thought that was something that also stood out towards, uh, towards the end of the game there for me as well. Nice. Yeah, for sure. All right, Steven, what was your narrative? So this one was my, my cheater, cheater, pumpkin, <laughs> uh, category. Cause I basically, for any games this year that were released this year that had any sort of plot to them, it was very difficult for me to say, let me put this down as, as one of those best ones. But luckily, uh, just a couple weeks ago for all consoles, Neverwinter Nights Enhanced Edition was released. Right, yeah. And that is a game that I did play this year. Uh, again, for the maybe 12th or 11th or 12th time now. Um, and Neverwinter Nights, I think, Whenever it comes to the uh, the gameplay is awesome, but the story of it because it, again it's in that it's in that uh, Dungeons and Dragons world, the mm-hmm. Forgotten Realms. So yeah. uh, the storytelling in the game itself is is amazing, and you get to see a lot of character development. And the really awesome thing about it is that you know uh, in the D and D sort of scheme of things, you're controlling the narrative and how it goes. So mm-hmm. because of how your characters are interacting with each of these NPCs that yeah. you're coming across. But the one thing is just kind of watching um, those who are kind of outside of your influence and how they uh, develop as characters and where they end up going uh, towards the end because of all these things that are happening. But uh, if you have not played it yet because you're, you don't have a PC and that's where it's been forever, definitely something to pick up because not only is it a great story, but it is an amazing game to play and definitely something that I think uh, a lot of folks would enjoy for sure. Now, is this, sorry, is this new content, is it, because Neverwinter's on Xbox and PS4 and everything, is this new content exclusive to PC right now, or is it everywhere, on the other platforms as well? You may be uh, mixing up Neverwinter and Neverwinter Nights. They're two completely oh, okay. different games. okay, that's probably what, what it is then. <laughs> yeah, Neverwinter is the MMO, right? Um, which is still good, I mean, it's great, uh, but Neverwinter Nights, it was a... Um, uh, top-down RPG ah, I see. Okay. Uh, that was released. Oh, man. Original release, I want to say, was probably 2004-ish, wow. somewhere around there. Something like that. Um, PC only. Okay. Uh, and it, it was in... Uh, uh, it's actually a Bioware, uh, a Bioware game. Uh, they had originally uh, uh, released it. And... It's just it's just a ton of fun, you know. Character creation is exactly what you would want it to be. One of the best ones to go through, as though, is going to be some sort of melee fighter type. But, um, you know, wizard, monk, whatever it is that you want to be, you can be. Um, and it, it just is a is a great RPG. Awesome. Uh, definitely, it, it's a one player. But I think with this console release, they may have added in an easy multiplayer route where you can team up with other folks because you can have at least a party of four, if I remember correctly. So okay. it's a, um, uh, I don't know if you remember Bowder's Gate at all, any of those ones. I, I know of them, but not. I, I don't know 
a lot about them, I guess. Because I'm almost I'm almost sure that those ones have been released on console now too. Yes, the enhanced editions. Mm-hmm. Um, again, just it, these are RPGs that you're gonna want to check out if you're an RPG yeah. player because they're um, the the stories that are in them. It, it drives the game, but like. Your RPG element, I think, is deeper than anything else that you would have played from like any type of JRPG, um, just because of your ability to control how that story is developing, especially in, in regards to your character and their immediate influence, the party members and things like that. Um, it's just a, all the, the entire thing, the Batter's Gate series, as well as the Neverwinter series and all the expansions, like easily one of the best games that have ever existed. Nice. <clears throat> Cool. Yeah, I, I was totally mistaken. I thought me, I, I just saw, heard Neverwinter, and it made the assumption that it was maybe DLC, and I had no idea there was two different games within the same franchise. I guess so. That's it. I'll have to. I think I, honestly, I'll have to recommend that too, because she, like I said, she's into D and D. She played the Neverwinter MMO on Xbox, and mm-hmm. she has a PC, so uh, I'll have to recommend her to check that out. All right, Adam, what was your best narrative? So I, I also went Death Stranding here, um, just kind of for the same reasons that Garrett said. Like, I, I really considered Star Wars here because it, it was a really good Star Wars story, but um, just as he said, it, it was kind of another Star Wars story. And, and while good, it wasn't anything really new or, um, or I guess, maybe unique. Um, but Death Stranding was was something completely different, and you know, in in the hands of anyone but you know someone like Kojima, um, it might not have turned out as well as it did. But and not to say that I love the story because, and I think I probably mentioned this in our our deep dive yeah, review, is that I didn't I didn't love the story. I didn't I it didn't really do a lot for me, but it was told well. Um, so even though it didn't really speak to me, it was it was really well done. He did he did a did a totally fine job. It does explain itself by the end of the game, but there are some very convoluted plot points and absolutely um, some sometimes it's very hard to follow. Um, in the end, things do get explained, but you know if you weren't paying attention at any point, you might still be lost. <laughs> yeah. And you know as we've mentioned before, there's a lot of weird uh, like acronyms and terminology and things and. But, but then, uh, Luke, like you mentioned, uh, you do have those little side stories and there's little emails you can read. And uh, there's there's a ton of lore um, that you find in, like, the interviews and stuff. So it, it was just really – everything was really well written. And uh, the, the way the, – the progression of the story felt pretty solid. Um, and and it was just a neat, unique story. So, so I went with that. Interesting. Okay. I'm. I'm. Sur- to be honest, I'm. Yeah, I'm a little surprised that that was your choice for narrative because, like you said in the review, but now hearing all the the points you make, I, I get it. So now here's where I disagree with you guys about Star Wars because my best narrative <laughs> was Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and yeah, it is another Star Wars story, and there's lots of those. But I also think it's hard to get a, a Star Wars story right. Right, like. This is a franchise that has been around for such a long time, and we've seen so many stories in the Star Wars universe, whether they're canon or not, and there's been some duds out there, and Mm -hmm. this one I felt could stand on its own. Like, if this was 
something that was a movie, I probably would have enjoyed watching it. Um, you know, hearing hearing Cal's story and how, you know, it, you're, you're shortly after Order 66 and that that personal journey that he had through that of being a padawan when that happened and then you know dealing dealing with order 66 and and everything that came with that and then you know his story on where he goes from after that you know it it's 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 cuz it's I like it because it's bringing in elements that are canon from other things like characters in the universe and bringing them in there and I, I personally liked it. I liked the the relationship that he had with other characters and the, the other stories that were kind of involved with there with some of the Inquisitors and everything. I I really liked. I liked... Um, it, it just stood out to me. I thought it met that, met that threshold that is so high, right? Like, all, all we do whenever Star Wars comes out is criticize and analyze the the story elements of it and so there was probably a lot of pressure for them to to get it right and i not only did i think they got it right i thought they did a good job of standing out with the story and everything like that so um i will say that it's kind of hard to um (laughs) i i will say that i that was the one thing i was focusing on the most because like i said i ran into so many technical issues that it's all i had to hang (laughs) on to so maybe I was just like really trying to immerse myself into the story so that I would be distracted. But I, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was good. And I really hope to see more of Cal's story. And I hope that he pops up in other, other things. And, you know, like they made him look exactly like the actor. I don't, I don't know his name, but you know, a Disney plus series of him mm-hmm. and just the adventures that they go on going to different planets and doing different things would be a really cool series so i i thought they they did a good job with that so that that's why yeah. that's my choice the actor is uh cameron monahan right and he's he's awesome yeah and i definitely i do really want to see him in in more star wars mm-hmm. content for sure yeah yeah i hope i hope the same thing there because uh i don't know if you guys remember the force awake uh, not the force awakens uh force unleashed yes. uh, series mm-hmm. yeah they actually mm-hmm. had talked about doing that uh with the guy that played uh star killer right um that he might pop up in a, a tv show or a, you know whatever yeah. but obviously none of that ever came came to fruition mm-hmm. so i i'm i'm with you guys i hope that he does pop up somewhere else because i think he's he's a super interesting character and i i i agree uh luke i do really like um this time period of Star Wars, the whole post Order sixty six yeah. thing, it's a it's a really good time period for Star Wars. It uh, really is, specifically Jedi stories. Sure. Um, so, yeah, um, yeah I, I, I'm with you there. Well, and also it's because like all we really have in terms of like there's there's other parts in there that are canon, but you know you just, you have Revenge of the Sith and seeing how Order sixty six went, and not saying that like that was a cool moment in the movie, but like there's there's so many jedi right like let's let it was cool to take that story i was really pumped that they decided to focus on that part of the star wars storyline and tell a new story and a very personal story around that so all right let's go into biggest disappointment and i have an asterisk beside this because i wanted to mention something real quick I, I don't want this to be a segment of where we just kind of like shit on games and be like, these games sucked. But that's why I use the word disappointment because, yep. you know, I don't want to, hey, these are the worst games of the year. But 
more so these are the games that we maybe had high expectations of or maybe we're tied to the franchise or whatever the reason may be and they just kind of fell flat for us so um, I just wanted to preface that before we got into our choices Um, yeah so Garrett what was your biggest disappointment of 2019 well, if you guys listened to the last episode that I was on, I think you'll probably already know. But for me, the biggest disappointment was Pokemon Sword and Shield. Um, <laughs> now, I will say I completed the game since then, which is not something I had planned on doing, but I did end up beating it. I really enjoyed the game. It was not a bad game at all. Um, I'm just I'm ready for the next step in Pokemon. I'm ready for the the leap and not the, the, not step. the half step. Yeah. 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 And so. Um, from the first trailer that we saw, I thought that's what we were getting and it's, it's not exactly what I wanted, but, um, yeah, not a bad game at all. It's everyone had that expectation, right? Of, okay, this is a new gen of Pokemon. Mm -hmm. We're going to get what Zelda got with breath of the wild. And that was Mm -hmm. kind of the, the conversation that was going around. And then when, what we got wasn't quite there. And like you said, it was that half step instead of the leap. Um, but on the positive side, I guess, at least that means that I think they're going in the the right direction of they changing are. things, but they're just going a lot slower than we kind of want them to maybe. So, Agreed. Yeah. Steven, how about you? I, I love this game and, but it, it definitely is the biggest disappointment for the, for the year. And that would be Anthem. Um, it, I, I think at its core, it is, it's probably one of the coolest games that came out this year. Um, just with the, the gameplay style, the, um, the design of the suits, uh, the battles and, uh, your suit powers, like all of those cool things. But then you just kind of have this, um, clunky, clunky post game, uh, you know, after you get done with everything that's good, you get into this end game and it's just it's it's a pile of hot trash yeah. and that's what keeps you coming to <laughs> back to a game is that is that end game stuff i i've i've mentioned <clears throat> so many different games here that have just drawn me back in yeah. for one reason or another that's my entire list and you can kind of catch that as a, a a theme for me and anthem kind of missed the mark i think even though i put in a lot of hours into the game really giving it a chance uh and and loving it it just did not have that pull that the rest of the rest of the games that I kind of listed here and some of the other ones that I didn't. Um, and I hope, I hope that they pull a hello games or, or no man's sky and they, and they kind of swing this ship around and give us something that is robust and not only has decent, um, uh, game content before end game that, that nice prologue and, and story and everything, but also a, a, a big end game on it so that we can, continue to play this game over and over again like a destiny or a or a division something like that i think mm-hmm. it it has it it has something there at its core it's just not there yet and that's that was kind of disappointing yeah, it was really upsetting to see that happen to bioware you know especially after mass effect and andromeda and all all that went with that release and you if we were recording this podcast a year ago in, in December 2018, you know, Anthem would be up there in like my most anticipated games of, of 2019 thinking almost like maybe this is going to be in game of the year discussions. And now we'll fast forward a year later and it's such a different story. And it is unfortunate that it's not necessarily getting 
that support. I mean, look at just this past E3 with, I think there was some sort of content and the cataclysm. If yeah, I'm the cataclysm, cataclysm event was a, um, a, a try at trying to get this end game stuff going. Yeah. Where it basically was you and four other javelins go in and, and are completing this event series. Mm-hmm. The problem was that everything was so spread out and sprawled out and the battles themselves, like, were just they were almost impossible unless you had an elite group of players with you. So any pickup group that you had in this thing, like you, your team was getting wiped out on the first, right. first battle of everything. Yeah. And again, it was just a hot mess. And uh, it's almost like they're, I don't, I don't know if Bioware just doesn't know how to live this end game life on an ongoing series like this. And I think that's, it, it's kind of being reflected right now and, and how the game was before all of the end game. And then you hit it and it's just like, what it, what's going on right now? Like mm-hmm. this isn't this is not at all what was expected, you know. And the cataclysm was a nice try. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just did another one too, and that's riddled with problems. So it's like uh, they've got to get something. They have to yeah. get something done yeah. with this. Adam, how about you? Uh, biggest disappointment for me. I I initially started thinking Anthem as well, but um, I think for me, I dipped out of it before I let the game really disappoint me. Right. So because um, the first in, up until you get to the end game, like it was actually a lot of fun and I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. And progression was good, and then you get to that end game and the progression is is garbage and you know all the stuff that Steven just said. So I, I dipped out of it before I let it really disappoint me. So I think for me, it's probably. Got it. I, I hate to say it because I, I think they did a pretty good job overall, but it's probably Neocab. Um, and and for me, it's I, I, I'm pretty sure I played this maybe just after I got done with Oxenfree. Mm. So I was really into the uh, the whole narrative sort of sort of game at that point. And uh, this seemed like a really promising, uh, you know, game for that type of genre. And I was actually mostly disappointed in it and and mostly because i felt like in a lot of cases the decisions i was making didn't matter or the decisions i wanted to choose i couldn't because the game locked you into these weird mood uh based decisions that mm-hmm. you know my mood isn't what the mood of the character is apparently yeah and so i can't say the things that i want to and um you know it, it all took place in the car which you know it's their vision it was fine but it, it didn't have sort of an exploration element that, that I really liked out of playing something like Oxenfree. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then I, I didn't find the story that compelling either. Right. Um, it I played through it because it was short enough and I did want to see the end, but I was ultimately let down by the ending because I didn't really get the ending I wanted because I couldn't do the things I wanted because I was locked into uh, certain discussion options because of my character's right. mood yeah. and so it just yeah it it didn't really work for me unfortunately i i think the developer again they did a good job um with the game and creating their vision and the uh there were some really good experiences that i had in the game with the, the different people that got into my cab uh there were some really interesting uh, and fun discussions that i got into and you know some people you loved when they got into your cab other people you you kind of groaned when they got in and you know some some were more trouble than others and so there were there were definitely things to like in that game but overall just didn't really um it didn't really fit what i was looking for yeah for me my biggest disappointment is probably a game you guys haven't heard of it's an indie game called y2k postmodern rpg and it was, I've heard of it. Yeah. I didn't so, play and, it. Yeah, I've heard of it as well. So it was on Kind of Funny Games Showcase, the very first one they did 
this time last year, I guess. I think it was on also maybe some other like indie showcases of some sort. It's basically, you know, it's inspired by um, Earthbound and yeah. it has that style. It's kind of like a 90s stylized RPG. Um, it looks really cool, but it just did not play great. Um, there was like literal game breaking bugs where like I would go into the overworld and um, go to a different part of the map and I would get clipped onto this one certain area and get stuck and I just have to reboot. And then I played again. I'm like, get a little, I got a little too close to that spot again and I got stuck. I'm like, God damn it. And this was after they had patched a couple things and it was just riddled with bugs. Um, weird voice acting. Uh, yeah, just a game that really looks cool. And when you look at the trailer, like that is very stylish, very unique looking game. Um, something that would probably be up a lot of people's alleys. And then you play it and it's like, wow, this is, the gameplay does not. And the story, just everything is not working here. So uh, yeah, it came out in January and I was leading up to January. I was really excited for it. And then I probably played three hours of that. I just could not go on anymore. So that would be my biggest disappointment. All right. Biggest surprise. So this is, again, could, could be played either way. We'll see how you guys gave, but the game that surprised us the most. So either we went in with low expectations and we're like, wow, this was really great. Or maybe something that we caught us off guard or something that we just didn't even expect going into 2019 so Garrett what was your biggest surprise yeah so my biggest surprise um was actually Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order um you know with the history of EA and the Star Wars games the last few years just kind of falling flat I wasn't really all that hopeful that this would turn out well um and it it definitely did um i when it came time to decide between me purchasing Death Stranding or me purchasing Star Wars, I was leading Death Stranding. Um, and then I started hearing everybody that had been to that <laughs> big preview event uh, talking about Jedi. And I'm like, oh, man, now I think I really got to get Star Wars. And then I kept going back and forth and back and forth. And eventually I just was like, I got to get them both. both but, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Star Wars was the, the big surprise for me because, um, you know, just... We didn't really know that much about the game until you know a couple months before release, and even then, it wasn't uh, a whole lot of information. Uh, and so, it just, just I just didn't have a whole lot of faith. And I, I guess I should have. I guess I should have had the the force on my side with that one, and, <laughs> and had the faith in the force that the that that it would turn out right, yeah. and it and it did. So, um, I was I was happily surprised in this case. I would say I was surprised on how well received it was. I, I kind of expected mm-hmm. it to, you know it's a star Wars game. People are going to love it because of the IP, but Mm -hmm. for it to be in like people's game of the year was not something that I had expected. Like it looked really good with the looks we had before release. But, um, the, when, once it came to release and people are, were gushing, I was like, wow, this is, this is a big win for star Wars video games. So, yeah. Anytime a licensed game is in the, the, the game of the year discussion, yeah. it's, it's kind of a shocker. Sure. So it, it, I mean, even with something as, as good as Star Wars. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. It was shocking how well uh, it was received across mm-hmm. the industry. For sure. Steven, how about yourself? So I think it's probably more personal surprise of mine and how much I enjoyed playing it. But um, Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, oh, nice. 
I played this over Thanksgiving, U.S. Thanksgiving. Uh, <laughs> the but, real uh, Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was it was me, Adam, and and our older brother Joey, and he brought it uh, brought it down for us to play. And I I was just like, all right, let's let's get this over with. It's gonna be awful. I'm not gonna enjoy this. And after getting the controller in my hand and finally figuring out a character that I enjoyed playing, like it felt great. It felt really good mm-hmm. to play. Um, uh, it's, it's very fluid as a fighter where I think back in my previous years of it, it, it kind of has that herky jerkiness to it that you can sometimes get. Right. Um, but I felt, I felt like being a first time player of this particular Mortal Kombat and having not played since maybe, uh, Mortal Kombat nine or something or even before that, um, I could pick up the controller and I could play it and I could learn a character mm-hmm. and I could do their fatalities and do their special abilities and, and go through the whole gist of the whole thing. And I find myself wanting to play more now. Mm-hmm. And like, I never really feel that way about a fighting game. So I think that's why it was the biggest surprise for me is it's, it's just a nice, it was a nice sit down to play fighter. Mm-hmm. And I've never really said that about a fighting game other than, uh, uh Smash, Smash Brothers. Of course. Yeah. 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 So it's like, I, I could play more of this. I could play more Mortal Kombat. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, I suck so bad at those kinds of fight, fighting games that I all I want to play them so bad, and then I get to play them, and I just get so frustrated with my reactions and and clumsiness of, of creating combos and everything like that that I end up talking myself out of it. But I, I it's Mortal Kombat like just the the roster alone like I I want to play it, and I think I will. I think it's going to be one of those games that um, I find some downtime i'm gonna check out for myself adam what was your biggest surprise biggest surprise for me was probably luigi's mansion 3 nice um i knew what i was getting into going into it you know luigi's mansion you know it is what it is but uh, it, it ended up being more than that like it ended i i found it surprisingly more fun than i expected to and mm-hmm. and uh i think it's just you know the, the gameplay was good, fun. Uh, it, it remained entertaining the whole way through. The boss battles were, were especially interesting. Uh, and there were quite a few of them. Uh, there was only one boss battle that I absolutely hated. Uh, and I know I've heard Craig uh, talk about that on, on Kind of Funny as well uh, more than once. But uh, the, the different areas are really cool to, to go through and explore and find hidden things. I didn't collect everything in the game, but... Um, you know, there's certainly uh, a want to do that because they make things just just easy enough or just hard enough to, to find to make you think um, and and to keep looking at things and, you know, check them again in, in case you miss something. And then you do find those things you overlook the first time. And it, it was just a lot more fun than, than I expected going into it. And uh, I, I had a lot of fun. And even with some, some weird technical issues that I ran into that actually had me play through the first, like, six floors – um the second time like it didn't diminish the fun value at Mm -hmm. all and that was just it was just awesome i can't wait to actually play it myself because it ever since you got it and we're raving about it i have wanted to play it but then we've got into the all the games that we've seen you know november and everything (laughs) and i i think november yeah exactly i think i'm gonna (laughs) pick it up um sometime over this holiday season and play it because there's something about i was listening to game scoop uh ign podcast and they were talking about uh they were i don't know who it was on the show was talking about 
Luigi's Mansion, that was the game they're going to play over the holiday break because it's it's a casual, chill game. And that's I love I associate those kinds of games with, you know, holiday season because you're with your family. You're kind of you're out of your routine. You're just kind of relaxing. You're eating, drinking. I just want to play something that I can just sit back and relax. And that is definitely a game that I think could do that. So I'm, I'm glad just to see that it's uh, that they're continuing on in that franchise for a game that maybe was like, Hey, what the heck? Why, why is this a launch GameCube game? Give us Mario <laughs> to, you know, a game that was nominated for some game game awards. So that's really cool. My biggest surprise was Apex Legends. All for a couple of reasons. The biggest is I didn't know that it was coming out, and it was like, wow, this is a big surprise. <laughs> In a battle royale game made by Respawn, the makers of Titanfall, and it's a brand new IP set in the Titanfall universe. This is really cool. So obviously a big surprise <laughs> in that regard, but it was surprising to me on how much I really enjoyed playing it. I had played Battle Royales before that with, you know, Fortnite and PUBG. And it was, it just, I, it really consumed me in that, that first month or so. I mean, that's Garrett. That's how you and I met right with Mm -hmm. the, uh, over that game and, and doing that podcast and being able to talk about it on a couple episodes was, was really fun. And it was the first game probably since I want to say like Halo 3, COD 4 of like a multiplayer experience that really consumed me. Something that I was just like, I want to go home and I want to play this. Um, I don't really care about what other games I got playing, that I got in my backlog or whatever. I want to just go home and, and grind it out in Apex. And I, I've fallen off um, after they kind of introduced seasons and everything. Um, I just kind of, you know, got 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 onto other things but i yeah it, i really liked it i think it's the best battle royale game i think it's better than any other battle royale game on the market um it introduced so many great systems um with like the ping system and just the ability to you know bring it to to help out your fallen squad by that that respawn system was really neat yeah, there, there's just so many things to it that it, it I really like because where Fortnite just felt like a copy of that Battle Royale genre. It was like Apex followed that trend of Battle Royale and they added new things to make it feel original and unique. So I really like it and I'm really excited um, to see how much support that game gets going forward. So. Yeah, we need to get back on there and play some more, man. It's totally been a yeah. Me too. It was uh, I had a like like I said, it was probably out of all the games I played this year, some of the funnest times I've had was playing Apex. So for sure. All right, so those were our specific categories. Now we're gonna go into our personal top five favorite games. So obviously we're gonna go in the order of you know number one being our game of the year, the game that topped every other game that we played this year. But let's start off with number five. So go ahead. All right. Uh, Yeah. So number five, I picked The Outer Worlds. Um, Nice. Kind of a game that came out of nowhere for me, but um, not something I was super into. I've I've always kind of uh, just sort of enjoyed the Fallout games for what they were, but never got super deep into them. Um, But The Outer Worlds, I just thought was a really well polished uh, version of one of those games. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I got lost in it for for several hours and I haven't finished it, but um, 
that's one that I can see myself going back to uh, time and time again and just chipping away at it slowly. So mm-hmm. uh, that was my pick. Nice. Awesome. Steven? So for my number five, I went I went Anthem. Uh, even though it was a disappointment, it really is only disappointing for the end game. If you've got four friends and about 25 hours or so to blow, uh, Anthem is, is one of those games to pick up and do it. Um, it was fun to play. And we... Me and Adam and, and a couple of our, our buddies, we that's basically what we did, is we got it launch day and beat the crap out of story and ran some missions together and stuff and just uh, had a really great time with it. Uh, and then everybody dipped out at end game. So right. it was, uh, yeah. it's definitely something, um, it's still a great game. Uh, just don't, don't, go, don't go to the end game. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> All right, Adam. Okay, um, so mine is Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers. Um, just really, really great. I, I, I think a lot more highly of it than what Steven does. Um, <laughs> I think the story in it's been really fun. I actually haven't beat it yet. I, I do still have a little bit of story I need to finish. Um, getting towards the end on it, I think. And um, But I, I think it's just been a really great story. The environments have been super cool. The music slaps. Um there's just there's a lot to like it. The dungeons are incredible. Uh, the boss fights are great. Um, they just they really nail making things new, but making it feel like Final Fantasy mm-hmm. over and over again. And uh, it's like brand new, but nostalgia at the same time. And and they just do a phenomenal job. I, I love Square Enix and I love Final Fantasy fourteen. So. Yeah, I don't think it won best like community support or best ongoing at the game awards, but it won like a fan vote or something. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I think that speaks that like the, the people really appreciate how that game continues to evolve and just get better. So number five for me was legend of Zelda links awakening, which again was not a game that I expected, you know, a year ago to that. It would be on my list because it, it came out of left field that we were getting a, you know, older zelda remake i I would have appreciated an ocarina of time port or something like that personally (laughs) but um yeah it was just really cool to play that game again after you know having played the dx uh version game boy color one of my first game boy color games and just you know playing that and remembering you know just even though it looked visually different and felt different played different it uh it, it, it was like I was playing the other one you know, yesterday, right? It, I, I thought in terms, there was a little bit of issues, you know, frame rate things, that kind of stuff. But I thought it just, it looked really well done. I liked that we got a fresh 2D Zelda game to play on the Switch. I really like the 3D ones, but, you know, it's always great to have that break of the world of Hyrule and, and kind of go to a more 2D type of gameplay style so i really liked it i it was one of the few games this year that i played it and i played it until that was all i played until i beat it kind of thing um didn't distract myself with other games i enjoyed it that much that i wanted to just keep playing it so yeah really liked it yeah so that was actually my number four so that segues nicely (laughs) um 
for all the same reasons. Um, you know, as a kid, my uncle had uh, the original Zelda, but we never bought it for some reason. But every time I went over there, I really, really loved it. And then one year for Christmas or a birthday or something, I got Link's Awakening. So that was my first Zelda game mm-hmm. that I that I owned. And and just to see that whole world again in a new light was was really cool for me. And um, yeah, just like like you said, everything. Um, it, it's it's it was a great game, and all they did was slap a new coat of paint on it and yeah, make it even better. So for sure. the technical issues aside, I can. I mean, it's better than what it was. Absolutely, so I, yeah. I, I, I was able to ignore that pretty yeah. easily. It, it, it was. I felt people were a little dramatic over it because it's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fine. The, it's not like you're like I. I felt like Jedi was something to complain about. Like mm-hmm. Link's Awakening. Okay. Give me a break. <laughs> right, right. This is a Game Boy yeah. game. Guys. <laughs> How about you, Steven? Number yeah, four. Yeah, so my number four, uh, I actually just slapped it into the list tonight because I was really struggling with this position and this position only for some reason. I don't even know why. But I went uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Um, nice. It just, it just released for the Switch, basically. And I, it's a lot of fun. It's not higher up on my list, I think, just because the replayability factor, I can already tell, is not there. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and Adam have been kind of really crushing through it today, and um, it, it is a it's a lot of fun to play like all the Marvel Ultimate Alliance before uh, before this one. Mm-hmm. Um, characters are a lot of fun. The the battles and just mayhem that you can get into, just a blast. But again, just like replayability, probably not. But as sure. a game, definitely a top five for the year. Yeah, I. It's again like Luigi's Mansion, one of those games that I wanted to get the day it came out, and it just got further and further away from me. But I, again, once I see a price drop or sign, I'm picking it up right away so I can play it. Yeah, it's definitely one of those twenty dollar pickups. Yeah, you know? like, yeah, for sure. I don't know if I'd I'd be running out to spend sixty sure. bucks on it. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah, it's, it's it is just a lot of fun. It's that good classic smash 'em up. Yeah, that's blast, awesome. You know, and new content coming. For, mm-hmm. uh, for and as announced at the Game Awards, so that's pretty cool. All right, Adam, what was your number four? Uh, mine was uh, Indivisible. So <laughs> I I almost did what you did with Katana Zero, yeah. um, and just and just leave it in the best indie game. Um, but that I just I just had so much fun with this game, and like I said, this game just felt like it was built for me. Um, and, and it just really spoke to me. So this did end up pushing out uh, another game that I wanted to put in my top five, but I just felt like I had more fun with yeah. Indivisible in the end. So gotcha. I, I put that as my number four. Interesting. That's so a... again, go back and listen to my full <laughs> sure, review. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised it. I honestly thought it would be closer to like, maybe not the number one, but I thought it was going to be up there like one or two. So I could have maybe moved it moved it up another yeah, spot, but yeah, um, but yeah I, I thought you know yeah. four is pretty good. No, for sure. My number four was Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, it would be higher if it wasn't for the fact that again I just ran into, and I know I wasn't alone. It was so weird because it like you guys talked about not really encountering too many issues, but even at like I said, even after I got a PS4 Pro. Um, and you played on the pro Adam. I know you I did. You played yeah. on the X, uh, Garrett, if that's mm-hmm. correct. Yeah. But I still was encountering like, like not to the same level, but it was just like, what's going on here. And I don't know like what the issue was with that, but I, I just seemed unacceptable to how many bugs I got. Um, 
it really pissed me off. So if I'm being honest, I was, <laughs> I got mad. I would like turn to me. I'm like, look at this. What is going on? Like he, his face is just like one color right now. And then it's like one, two, three. Oh, there's all the detail in his face. And it's like, come on, we're in 2019. It, it shouldn't be like that. Um, and again, I don't want to be one of those, but it just sucks because I love Star Wars so much and it distracted me and annoyed me to the point where it kind of soured the overall experience. But like I said, it's the best story. I love the gameplay. The light, it lightsaber felt great. Um, killing enemies and everything like that. I like that it also was challenging. I ended up just chickening out and <laughs> playing on the lowest difficulty so I could get through it. Um, but I, I like that it had a lot of more depth than I expected. Like I already mentioned the fact that it just, it caught me off guard that it was as good as it was in terms of uh, gameplay and everything like that. So yeah, that's why it's my number four. Number three, Garrett. All right. So my number three is resident evil Two remake. Nice. Um, I just beat this this week. Um, I picked it up on sale and uh, blew me away. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm usually, Horror games are pretty hit and miss for me. They've got to have that right balance of scary but not too scary and fun but not, you know, you know, not. I hate when it's just all about the jump scares. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And I felt like there was a good balance of like puzzle solving, combat, right. and the jump scare kind of stuff going on. So, um, for me, I was actually kind of surprised how in depth some of the puzzles were. I mean, mm-hmm. there, none of them were were unsolvable, but um, them, they made me think a few yeah. times. And so um, for that reason, I put it at number three. Um, kind of came out of nowhere for me again, this one. I wasn't expecting to to buy it or even be interested sure, in it, but yeah. everyone talked so much about it that I figured I really needed to give it a chance. And when I saw it was on sale, I, I picked it up and had a really great time with it. Got, I definitely got to, we got to give Garrett credit because he put in some work at the end <laughs> really of the year here. Like he, <laughs> he was grinding out Death Stranding. Uh, he, what was the other? I've beat four games in the last, yeah, like three weeks right. or four weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Death Stranding, Star Wars, Resident Evil, and Pokemon. Pokemon, right? Yeah, and yeah. you were even talking about like squeezing in Katana Zero in there too. Yeah, which I picked it up and I played a little bit, but I, I was like, I can't. I yeah, can't do another game right it's now. It's too much. Yeah, no, I get that. Um, awesome. Yeah, I I'm glad that you gave it a shot and enjoyed it because it. You, you you never know with Resident Evil with mm-hmm. it being a horror game if it's going to resonate with people. But like you said, I think it has a good balance of lots of the the combat, the horror, and the puzzles make a really mm-hmm. unified game. What was your number three, Steven? Pokemon Sword and Shield. Nice. I'll tell you, um, Pokemon has stormed our household. Uh, <laughs> I I've put. I think I'm. I think my my uh, save screen says 158 hours. Oh my god. 387 Pokemon. <laughs> wow, you're almost there. Uh, yeah, Getting closer. Uh, yeah. Um, my kids, uh, they've each probably put in 30, 35 hours nice. piece. Yeah. Um, uh, in fact, my my youngest, my son Alexander, he is at the Dragon Gym and getting ready to wow. take it down. So like he's worked through this game so and he's so proud every time he catches a new Pokemon and he's watching the Pokemon uh uh the original cartoon show Anime, now yeah. and he's he's you know, he's got the fever and it's amazing to watch that. But uh this game, you know, I 
didn't i don't know why all of a sudden i wanted a pokemon game because i haven't played since gold and silver oh wow and then i saw this one and i and i was like i have to have this one yeah and i think it was because of that the wild area previews that they were showing at uh one of their tree houses and it's just like i have to have this game i need to try it and i've picked it up and you remember my misgivings of is am i going to get lost in this whole like 400 pokemon pokedex <laughs> yeah. am i going to even want to uh, you know, 250 blew me away with gold and silver. <laughs> yeah. What's 400 going to be like? And now I'm like, dude, give me every single one of these Pokemon. Yeah. Like, I need them. Yeah. You know, it's like it's uh, um, it's been an obsession. And the, and I think it's uh, – I, I put it at three. It could have been one. Um, but there's there's still a couple other games that I've got here right. that probably won't be surprising. But um, <laughs> it's it, – it has just been a, a really great game to have around the house, and we've been enjoying it as a family. So it's uh, easily easily in the yeah. top five for this year. That's really cool. I'm I'm glad that it's like a game you can bond over with with your kids and stuff too. That's that's awesome. That's really cool. That even today, you know, however however many years Pokemon is, and kids are still having that moment. Is it's really cool that new releases are coming in. It's capturing them just like it captured us with, you know, red and blue back in the day or gold, or gold and silver and stuff. So mm-hmm. that's awesome. That's really cool. You know, the interesting thing, too, is um, seeing how each one of us is as a trainer. Um, <laughs> yeah. Aubrey, right. Aubrey, my daughter, she's like, give me all the pretty Pokemon and let <laughs> yeah. me make, put, you know, the best clothes on my Pokemon trainer. <laughs> yeah. Where, like. Alexander, he's like, give me the um, the coolest looking ones yeah. that he can find. Yeah. Gyarados is one of his all time favorites, and Onyx, Good like choice. he, yeah. he kind of loves those big, big hefty looking Pokemon. And me, I'm like, all right, how can I get my EV values highest if I do this breeding <laughs> method yeah. using you know A A B and C Pokemon? Yeah, or he a, found B, the rabbit hole. Yeah, like <laughs> I did, I totally did. Yeah. So like, just kind of seeing how our parties have been developing. Um, and how and which Pokemon we're going after, mm-hmm. uh, each one of us, and how we are on this same path but different paths, I think is a really cool thing to watch too. It's it's just been a it's been a blast of a game. That's really awesome. That's really cool. All right, Adam. Uh, so Pokemon Shield. <laughs> <laughs> there you it's go. my number three. Nice. Um, yeah, they they sold me with the Wild Area, and uh, the Wild Area was was a big. It ended up really enjoying that, and that's something that really kept me. Uh, in the game and playing to the point that like I I shirked off you know finishing you know the the last gym and then it got to a point where I couldn't catch things that I wanted because I I couldn't catch the high enough level so it's like I gotta get that last damn badge so <laughs> went and did that and then like I didn't touch any of the end game stuff for the longest time because I just wanted to go back out into the wild area and do the raids and get the Gigantamax things and uh, do breeding and stuff like that and you know me and Steven we traded a ton of Pokemon and because um, he had he had sword, I had shield, right. so so we were able to uh, bounce a lot of stuff back and forth, and um, yeah, it was just a lot of fun. I mean, um, X and Y was the last Pokemon I got really into. Uh, um, Sun and Shield did absolutely nothing for me. Uh, Let's go Pikachu uh, was a nice nostalgia trip, but nothing like too yeah, something you know, just right home good about. to tie tie you over until the next one, kind of thing. right. Yeah. yeah, and then this one came out, and I was I was totally satisfied, but now like. You know, now they now they do need to step it up for the next one. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like because um, it it's the wild area yeah, that makes yeah, that game. Yeah. Like give us a whole game of it, right? Because mm-hmm. when whole you're going game. through the routes after you've been into the wild area, it's like this just isn't the same. Just, Cameras locked. Yeah, you can't, like, yeah. It's, it's like uh, it's yeah. like I just want to go back. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
I I'm only oh man I'm not into it as not like I mean into as I'm not as far into the game as I wanted to be by the time recording this episode I'm only like still sitting at that I've just been too busy uh, I'm sitting at like five hours but a majority of that is like when I got into the wild there is just like spending that time and exploring that and, and stuff is really cool um yeah it's uh it's definitely a a new pokemon game for sure and i i like that you know it, it is resonating with some people um yeah my number three is the outer worlds so i'm i i like fallout um not i'm not like a crazy fallout fan but this was in a time of like i was craving something like fallout um I didn't even bother with 76, but it had been a while since Fallout 4, and going back into a, an RPG that stylized like that was really fun, And but having a, a fresh coat of paint on it, a new world to explore, um, multiple worlds, I guess, and it's I, I love the, the writing in it, the characters you come across are great, um, there's awesome levels of suspense and there's so many awesome comedic moments and i love just how you know that what you do in the game will really influence things just like fallout you know if you you can go in and you can go into a town and kill everybody if you want but you're gonna have to face some consequences and just you know talking to you adam and hearing different choices of you know i did this and this is what happened and then i did this and this is what happened kind of thing and yeah it's, it's i really liked it um i fell off of it uh, because of Death Stranding, but I'm at a mission where it's like, hey, you're going to like the kind of like the final mission. If you want to clean up any side missions, you should probably go do that. And yesterday I went to go boot it up because I'm like, I, I want to finish this game before we record the episode. And my freaking Xbox is just brutal. Like it is not <laughs> loading. It it cr- crashed on me. I could not even get the game loaded, um, which is unfortunate. So. I'm currently trying to save up <laughs> to see if I can maybe get like a cheap Xbox One S or something like that, just so I can go in and play Game Pass games. But man, yeah, it was. I was surprised uh, that it was as good as it was. So, all right, Garrett, what was your number two? All right, my number two was Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Nice. Um, I think we've talked it talked it uh, pretty well this episode <laughs> yeah, but yeah. um mm-hmm. yeah for everything we've said uh, it's one of the best star wars games ever created i think it's up there with knights of the old republic for me as as one of my top sure. two favorite star wars games ever so um really there's nothing wrong with this game uh besides you know the technical issues which you know i did see <laughs> yeah. a few uh, i think to say not according to <laughs> right, right 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 Nothing Looks wrong like, with get the out. gameplay <laughs> and the and the uh, the story, in my yes, opinion. Yes. It was it was a great package. Um, I feel like the technical stuff was a result of we got to get this right out before uh, yeah. all the Star Wars stuff starts. Yeah, happening. absolutely. So if they had another even three months, I feel like this game would have been mm-hmm. more polished. You know, and... more polished and, and and more well received by by the people that did. You know, unfortunately have those issues, but yeah, uh, great game. Yeah. Uh, it was it was a real struggle not putting it as my number one, but. Um, yeah. Here it is at number two, and I guess you guys can probably assume what number one will be. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Steven? So my number two will be Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers, nice. and um, you know, I 
Not so much for the Shadowbringers plot side, because whenever we got it this year, me and Adam basically got into it about the exact same time, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Shadowbringers had just been released. I was back in the second expansion, Heavensward still. Um, and so I had all of I had the remaining of that to finish up, and then I had the next one after that, Stormblood, and then I had Shadowbringers all to get through within this year. So like I've probably put, with this one... Um, Definitely well over 100 hours of time into Shadowbringers and, and Final Fantasy fourteen this year. And uh, it is it is just such a well-crafted MMO. I mean, it, over the years, I've I've played almost all of them that have been out to try and find something that could that could grab me as well as what Final Fantasy eleven did whenever it first came around. Mm-hmm. And really the only other one that I would say would compete is Lord of the Rings Online. And this this uh, Final Fantasy fourteen. Um, playing it this year again has been absolutely fantastic and getting back into the world and the community is, is great. Like you really never, ever run into anybody who's really just a douche, like just great, um, no elitist type of attitudes sure, yeah. around. Um, music is fantastic. The, the environments, uh, you know, I've said it all before. Um, it's just a really well, well-crafted MMO. And I think you said it pretty well too, Luke is you don't see it very often. Um, in MMOs, but uh, Final Fantasy just uh, over and over again, they they give us great expansions and and great places to explore. And give it up to uh, Square Enix marketing, because um, I I kind of like the the whole thing fell off my radar, and then we were watching uh, the summer GDQ, mm-hmm. and you know during their their ad breaks, they were showing uh, the commercials for. Shadowbringers because it was coming out in like two weeks or something like that and I'm like I'm just watching this and it, it doesn't even really show any gameplay it was just like their kind of like opening trailer type mm-hmm. thing and it's like I want this yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice. so yeah. they make it look so cool and yeah. um, that's really the the thing that brought it back on my radar and then I think I just I hopped on the one day and then I sent uh, Steven a picture of my character in game and it was just basically like, oh shit, it's on. Yeah. <laughs> what, then, three minutes later, I'm like, click, 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 let's yeah. go. So, so yeah, actually, I was I was further behind than what Steven was. I was pre-Heaven's Ward. So I literally played through uh, the two expansions of Heaven's Ward and um, Stormblood and then got into to, uh, Shadowbringers then. And it, like I said, I still have a little bit to play, but mm-hmm. yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was all their marketing. Um, yeah. You know, if it wasn't for that, I, I you know, who knows if we would have come back around. Right. To yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I guess that, that brings it back to me. Um, what are what are we on? Two? Number two, two, yeah. So are you listening, Game Awards? <laughs> Fire Emblem, MFing three houses. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this game was so good. Yeah. It, it was it's so good. Like uh, there's so much to do in it like you you do your battling it's it's a great like it, it's almost like they took a page out of persona's book with the um like the social mechanics that you can have with the like the students at this this like basically like the hogwarts of <laughs> fire emblem yeah uh you know the fire emblem world and so you're a teacher and um you, you know, you have these interactions with the students and you build up like friendship levels with them. And uh, so you get to go through all the, you, you know, you kind of get their stories as you go through. And then there's certain missions that pop up based on, um, you know, how much you've, you've invested with that person. And 
Um, the strategy elements are good. The RPG elements are good. Um, there's options. Like if you're not great at strategy games like me, there are options to turn off things like permadeath and, you know, make it more accessible uh, for those who just kind of want to like enjoy the story and enjoy the RPG stuff. And there's, uh, you know, three houses that you can choose from. And while there are, you know, uh, some uh, some overlapping stories as you go through them, like it, it offers a lot of replayability because each house has their own different students, which means their students have their own stories you can you can get uh, into. And, um, you know, each, you know, I think each character then has their own like special like mission that you take them on once you get the their friendship level up and. Um, then of course, as the game progresses, then, then things become a little bit more unique based on, on the house that you choose and the way that the, the end game kind of goes forward. Now I haven't done all the stories in it, but, um, it's, it's just a really good game. The music's really great. Mm -hmm. Um, I enjoy what they did with that. And I, I had a lot of fun with it and I don't do a whole lot of strategy games, but this game is like, this was great. Like this is up there with Fire Emblem Awakening for nice. me. It definitely was one of the games that just kind of around the industry, there was a lot of people very vocal, uh, like you said, about it being snubbed and not getting the credit it deserved because it brought on, I think, a lot of people that had didn't even know anything about Fire Emblem and that was their introduction to the series and people re being really impressed with it. So it uh, they... It's again. I'm glad that it, we saw it because it was announced a little while ago, and that was the thing. It was just like, oh, well, Fire Emblem's coming at some point on the Switch. We don't know when, and it came. And uh, not only did it release this year, it was it was really well received too, which is really great to see. My number two is Re Resident Evil Two Remake. This was probably one of the first games I played this year because it came out in january and i was amazed on how it after playing it and just being so impressed by it how 12 months later i'm still just as you know impressed by it it's i never played resident evil 2 i've never played two I've, there's a handful that i've never actually experienced so this was my first time in the story of resident evil 2 and I really, really, really liked it. I'm a really big horror game fan. And I, you know, I would always argue, I'm like, well, it could be a little more scary. Give me a little more, you know? But it had a great level of horror to it. And it, like I, I mentioned, you know, with Garrett talking about it, the combat, the puzzles, the horror, the characters, the story is just so unified and everything fits really well together. I love that the game's kind of split. It's that very typical video game, you know, element of just it being split up into sections. You know, you got the police station and then you got the underground and then you got the the lab and everything like that. And I love it because each environment is different and brings different emotions and feelings while you're playing it and stuff and it's really cool i mean just hearing mr x <laughs> stomping down the hallway and you're like oh shit i need to get out of here right now um the suspense in that was really fun it looked amazing um yeah it it, it definitely it, it's just like it's a, it's a new game they just took the story and characters of what was already made and just 
you know, reimagine it in a new way. And it really, really works. Um, and I'm, I just, I can't wait for RE3 because they're bringing these games that didn't really age well with, you know, the tank controls and everything. And they're giving them fresh coats of paint, changing the perspective completely. And yeah, making them match the level of other AAA releases of, of the current generation. So I, I got to give props. I, I, it was so close as being my number one, but, uh, it got edged out just a little bit, which is saying something considering my number one, isn't going to be a surprise. Everyone knows what it is, but it's, uh, <laughs> the fact that it was edging, you know, that other game there was a surprise to me. So, <laughs> all right. So Garrett, again, we kind of know what your number one is, or at least I think I do, but go ahead. What, what was your number one game of 2019? My number one game of 2019 was Pokemon. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was Death Stranding. It was Death Stranding. Nice. Yeah. So um, the thing I love about video games is that they let you experience a story in a way that no other medium does. And that's Death Stranding. Um, the, the, the environmental storytelling, the, um, just the, the... I mean, I don't even know how to say it. The, just the <laughs> insane amount of things that happen in this story that you're, you, just, you just have no clue what's going on for the longest time, but you, you're driven to continue and to, f- to figure out what it is that's happening here and trying to understand what's going on in this world. And when it all starts to come together, it's just, uh, it's just something that's, that's really special. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't want to give any spoilers or anything, but this is one of the only video games that's ever made me shed a tear, and and uh, it was very impactful for me at the nice. end. And um, yeah, it was tough for me to choose between this and Star Wars because I'm a huge Star Wars fan. It was one of the best, you know, Star Wars stories, um, and it was kind of a debate for me between the gameplay of Star Wars was was super engaging for me, whereas the gameplay of Death Stranding was was good, uh, but I, I definitely enjoyed Star Wars gameplay more. Sure, yeah. um, but um, the story and just the overall package for Death Stranding I thought was something truly special um, and something that might be a while before we see something else like Absolutely, that. Absolutely, yeah. That's It's really cool to see because uh, that it, it ended up being your number one. I was kind of like guessing of what, you know, we, each person's number ones were going to be and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you were so ecstatic about star Wars. Like you said, mm-hmm. it's, it's cool to see that death journey was that impactful that it, you know, it was your game of the year. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and also is it just the journey of Kojima leaving Konami and then the whole PT thing. And then, um, you know, you know PT being canceled and then, uh, him starting his new thing and mm-hmm. you know from from moment one the first time I saw the first trailer for this game I was like I have to play this game I don't know what's going on but I want to know what's going on and this dude's insane I don't know how he thinks of the stuff he thinks of but I just want any peek into this guy's mind that I can have yeah. and um, you know and then when it's when the reviews hit and it was so split I was just like man I don't even know if I want to play it anymore and um, I'm really, really glad that I did because mm-hmm. it's it's definitely my game of the year. Nice. That is awesome. All right, Steven, number one. I know this is going to come <laughs> as a shocker, but it's it's No Man's Sky Beyond. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Out of left field. <laughs> the sky is blue. <laughs> the sky is blue. Unless... You're on a weird planet in No Man's Sky. Yeah, and it might not of be course. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny too because the same way that Garrett describes his experience with with Death Stranding is pretty much how I feel about No Man's Sky. Is that 
you know, a game, whenever you play it, you want it, you, you want it to uh, be an extension of yourself and, and in this exploration of, of whatever it is. And when No Man's Sky gives us the entire universe to explore. And then on top of that, not only is it just an exploration game, but it's also a package delivery game. Mm-hmm. But also built into that, it's also a uh, uh, survival game and a game where you can become a manufacturing tycoon or a commerce tycoon. You have all these, uh, a scientist, you have all these different paths and routes that you can take uh, in how you deal with, with this universe that you've been given. And that it, it's the immersiveness in that is... Um, uh, that has been expanded on with this beyond update by mm-hmm. by giving you the all the different tools and and um, and and terrains and elements that you can pull all together to kind of create your own little uh, pocket mm-hmm. in this whole thing and not everyone's experience is exactly the same as the others and it, I think it's just a um, it it's one of those interesting things that are out there that that uh, makes gaming really good and that's why i'm putting it number one is it just kind of exemplifies that idea that gaming is what you make of it and there's so many different worlds out there that you can do literally anything that you want to in this in this uh this realm well said that's awesome i it's crazy like like i said i'm just echoing what i said earlier of a game that came out in 2016 and 2019 is just nothing like it was and is better in so many different ways um is 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 really cool and i'm glad that they they stuck to it because man that would be hard to to go through what they went through after releasing it and just the hate they received from so many people um i think the the people that have stuck with them and you know rewarded them for adding more content i think that you know that uh that's really really cool to see in in an industry that sometimes feels like all we do is complain and point out the bad things and stuff it's cool that they were able to to push through all that and and focus on improving something they're super passionate about and you know making sure that it connected to players like you who who liked it and um received continuous support so that's that's awesome. I really like a, a game like that continuing to push the envelope year after year. So, okay, Adam, I'm not going to lie. I don't know what your number one is. I have a couple <laughs> thoughts, but yeah, yours let, is the hardest. Let me build, that... a, little... <laughs> was, yeah, I... let me build a little suspense here. Because, uh, <laughs> based on my other four games, that means that either Star Wars or Death Stranding are left off of my list. True, yeah. So what, what, what's it going to be? It's... Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I gave my game of the year to Star Wars. Nice. Um, awesome. Death Stranding, as as much as I enjoyed that game and, and for all the things that you guys said and all the things we talked about before, because, I mean, look at our other categories for narrative and, and technical uh, achievements that this game had. It um, it was great. Uh, it is a, it's a very genera- generational game. Um, but I, I think the, the thing that did it for me is... Um, you know, these other games on my list, I just had more fun in these games than I had in, in Death Stranding. Mm-hmm. And that's what it boiled down to for me when, when making these choices. So um, in the the later portions of Death Stranding, it kind of took me away from all the things that I really liked about it. 
in order to focus on the narrative portion. And so, I mean, I, that there kind of took it out is, is kind of what bumped it out of the top five yeah. for me. So, I mean, if this were a top six, um, you know, it totally would have been on the list. But for me, Star Wars was just a lot more fun. It was a great Star Wars story. I love the main character. I love the uh, the the sort of side characters that were there. Um, uh, the exploration that it had, that kind of Metroidvania, you know, almost Metroid Prime feeling type mm-hmm. type of game, yeah. um, just really really hit some solid notes for me. I was a little taken aback by this sort of Souls like or, yeah. or kind of Sekiro Absolutely. style gameplay of it, but. Um, once I kind of got over that notion and just kind of got used to the gameplay, uh, it was all worth it, you know, and I didn't run into this, the same technical issues that Luke ran into. Um, there were a couple little hiccups here and there, um, but it was nothing game breaking. It wasn't anything that, that, that impacted my experience with the game. So, um, I think just in, in terms of how much fun I had and how great the game turned out, responded in an excellent job. And, uh, you know, especially like we talked about the kind of uh, shortcomings that the previous couple of Star Wars games had and, and the kind of controversies that went along with it. Um, this was just an exceptional game and, and totally worthy a top spot for me. That's awesome. I cannot wait for a sequel to this game because they, they, they've set it up. I, I, know, I know people have said this with the, the colon of it being Star Wars Jedi colon Fallen Orders. Okay, Star Wars Jedi colon, you know, what's next? Like, there's so yeah. much that I, I want to just see more of of this, and it would be really cool for them to tie in more elements uh, of that are part of the Star Wars canon and just expand the, the universe even more and the story um, that is Star Wars. I They definitely did a really good job with this uh this entry for sure all right no one's uh, this is again probably unexpected but my number one was death stranding and (laughs) i have to say it it wasn't as simple as i i thought like when i played it i'm like before i played stars i'm like oh this is my game of year for sure i this is my game my kind of game it totally meshes with what i look for in a game and I played Star Wars and I was like, oh, you know what? Like Death Stranding, it, like if there, if I genuinely did not experience any technical issues and it was to the polish that Death Stranding was, I'm talking Star Wars, Star Wars would have been way higher up on my list because I, I did really like it. But Death Stranding, and again, I don't want to beat a dead horse. We did a whole entire episode talking about it. It, it just, it did so many things for me on so many different levels. It was really... Um, it was, it was hard going into the game for the first time because it felt so surreal. It, it was almost like I was dreaming. You know what I mean? Cause we had heard about this game. I still didn't really know what it was about. I was like wanting myself to like it before I had even played it, not knowing it. And I'm going into it and I'm seeing the, the first cut like hour and these cutscenes. I'm like, man, why does if I play this and I just really hate it, you know? Like, that's going to suck because I've been talking about it on my podcast for so many, like, the amount of times I've talked about, like, trailer analysis and 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 then playing it and being wrong on so many different levels and, but walking away and thinking, you know what, I, I do like it. I, I think it does a lot of things that um, no other game has been able to do for me. There, 
it was it's just so therapeutic to play um i really enjoy the the loop of delivering cargo now i understand why it's divisive i know i i know why it would be you know you either love it or you hate it kind of situation there's not a lot of in between with the game um it, it is it's a game that you either really like or you know it's not for you and i think for it is it, it's just one of those games and i love that you know what i mean i love a game that is divisive and gets people talking i loved after release that even though it sucked to see that it was getting lower review scores than expected and you know there was a lot of people that were quite disappointed with it it was really cool for that week to just have a game that people were talking about you know to the level of like what we're dealing with with star wars right now of just something that is creating a lot of conversation um that's a, a very powerful video game to me and so that's why i another reason why i put it as my game of the year um it was the only game this year that had moments where i had my jaw drop of just like wow taking an extra second to be like really look at what i'm experiencing on a bunch of different levels of you know whether it it was something I was hearing in the soundtrack or scene or just the story. It, it was really, really cool. Um, so, yeah, that's my game of the year. It's not really a surprise to anybody. Um, and I've, I, uh, I, I, I'm I, not going to lie. Even though I beat the game, I still have some, like, cargo to deliver. And there's a part of me that wants to go and deliver it. And that's really weird, I'm sure, the, to, to hear from some people. That are like, well, I don't understand I'm sure like Steven's hearing us talk about this and be like, oh, well, you guys do you. But I, yeah, I, I really like it. It's, I re had fun with it. Um, even the quote unquote boring parts of the game I thought were really fun. So, you know, it's, it's funny too, because like you're, you're like, there's no gray area on the game and like hearing you three talk about it. It's like, wow, this sounds like a really great game, but like, you know, I mentioned like my guts. My guts are telling me just don't do it. Like, sure, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna play the first like three hours and never play it again. Yeah, it's one of those things. Yeah. But like hearing you talk about Star Wars, and it's just like, man, I can't wait to get my hands on this game. You're right. Like yeah. I know I'm ready to play it. I wish that it wasn't my like ask for Christmas game. Yeah. Because yeah. I want it so much sooner. Yeah. Um, but like, uh, yeah. Um. Uh, I I don't know about Death Stranding. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I commend you guys for getting through it and yeah. enjoying it as much as you did. Um, but yeah, it's uh, great reviews though. Great yeah. reviews. <laughs> All right. Well, that was I, the Gaff Awards 2019. That was a lot of fun. Um, more surprises than I expected. I thought we were all just going to come out here and talk about star wars and <laughs> that's about it <laughs> so yeah i there's a couple games that i think all of us kind of have on our list that we haven't played like, like control is a game that in our group mm -hmm. chat we've talked about that we want to check out uh, none of us got the chance to play it but i'm sure we'll pick it up at some point and talk about it on the podcast but um yeah that's the thing you know like we're we're all people that still not saying that we're you know screw all those people that get all their games for free and get to play them but that that is part of it right like like you said steven the you want to play star wars the day it comes out but you know there's life and there's other things going on and you don't always get to experience 
you know, all the big games of the year. So I'm really, I'm looking forward that there's going to be, you know, like Sekiro control. There's games that I probably won't even get to next year, but it will be maybe a couple years down the road that I somehow come, it's a free game or something. And I check it out. So, you know, I just played doom the 2016 last year and was like, Holy crap. I went two years without playing this game. That is <laughs> phenomenal. I absolutely love um, and that's just part of it, right? You know, you, yeah. you can only play what, what's available to you and you just cross your fingers that what those games that you picked speak to you and, and, uh, you get the chance to make that they make you your end of the year list of games you really appreciated. So that said, if there's, uh, any developers listening, we're, <laughs> we're all ears and those oh, totally, yeah. over. <laughs> for sure. I, uh, yeah, I I wish more indie games made my top three, but that's the thing or top five. But that's the thing is like I played more indie games than any other the AAA games, but it's so hard to stand up against these big powerhouses like Star Wars or Outer Worlds or Resident Evil and stuff. But yeah, there's a there's a certain fun factor that go to indie games. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like unless you know, Hello Games uh, as an indie developer especially now that no man's sky has really gone the way it has um i don't know if they could even be considered that anymore because because of how big that title is but like they uh, other things like untitled goose game or um disco elysium Mm -hmm. you know those sort of things that are kind of just like on the outlier that you never really even thought of like Mm -hmm. disco elysium is is totally on my list for this year coming up right to, to get a hold of it but like they've got a fun factor to it but yeah like the your your license titles can really kind of take over very yeah. quickly uh, whenever it comes to you know comparing them because i think yeah. giving them their own category i think works out really well yeah that, i that's why i did that is like katana zero it was such a fun time one of my favorite games of the year but it's like okay but do i put katana zero in or do i put you know star wars right like it, it's it's hard because, you know, I one I spent twenty hours playing, the other I spent four or whatever, right? And a couple games that I really wish, you know, are games that I, I really wanted to be able to put on the list, or so I can just give them a, a shout out here. Is stuff mentions. like What the Golf, Slay the Spire, Cadence of Hyrule, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Like it was a great year for indie yeah. games. Katana Zero, like we talked about before, and. Um, there's so many good ones out there and I'm looking through the list of the games that I played this year and I'm like, I would love to be able to have these on the list, but, but yeah, we got to the the back half of the year here and all these big triple A titles came out and it's like, it's really hard to compete yeah, with that. Totally. Stuff, so. Yeah. All right. Let's move into question of the week. So last week we issued the question of what were your guys' favorite games of 2019? So we got a couple of responses and then Garrett, coming through on Twitter, take some kind of funny best <laughs> friends and we got a whole bunch of responses. So I'm going to read them all out here. Um, so thank you, Garrett, for doing that. I really appreciate Absolutely. that. So first we got Jeremy Soderberg over on Facebook and he says apex legends for me. It's free to play ex- excellent gameplay and mechanics, easy to learn and not too hard to get decently skilled at if you've played any shooter from the last decade. And again, all for the low price of $0. That was one thing I forgot to mention about Apex Legends is uh, it's such a great game and it's also free, right? Like if you have a Xbox, you can play it without even having to you know, dish out 60 bucks for a game. So that's really cool. 
All right, then we had Coleman. He messaged me, Coleman Dean, and said that his game of the year, uh, for game of the year, in my opinion, has only got three games this year, and two of those were games that came out last year. Um, that kind of determines my game of the year is going to be Modern Warfare as it's the only 2019 game I played this year. <laughs> so, again, going into that, it's like, hey, life ha- life is still a thing that we need to do. And, yeah, you don't necessarily have all this money to dish out for all the big releases. And, uh, yeah, he mentioned that he had just played Spider-Man this year. Um, he missed out on it in nice. 2018. Great and game. that was a game that he got to experience. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was one of his favorite games. Um, well, one, he only bought three this year, but he really liked it. So... <laughs> Well, if he puts that on his list as best game for 2019, I'll, I, we, can, we can allow it. Yeah, I allow yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. That was my game of the year last year. So. It was awesome. Yeah. All right. Now I got to go through all these. It's uh, some are commented on Twitter and then some are re- replies. So I got to make sure I, I got every single person on here. So give me one sec here. Uh, do do. All right. So, so as you're looking through that, yeah. oh um, yeah, I did have a of course a go few for friends of mine uh, got back to me because I asked them what, yeah. what theirs were. So a uh, friend of mine, Mike, he said uh, Valkyria Chronicles Four, uh, nice. with uh, Fire Emblem being a close second for him. Hmm. Um, my friend Nick, he said MLB The Show 19, um, as well as my friend Chris also chose MLB The wow. Show 19, nice. uh, and then another friend of mine, Tom. Uh, he said it was between Fire Emblem and Resident Evil 2 Remake for him. So. Nice. Awesome. Thank you guys for those additions. Really appreciate that. All right. Moving over to Twitter. At Release Retro says, hands down Resident Evil 2 Remake uh, Sublime. Thomas Boyd, uh, friend of the show, says, Jedi Fallen Order and Modern Warfare. Uh, then we got at J. Yiri. I believe is how you pronounce on Twitter. Jedi Fallen Order was mine hands down. Next up would be Untitled Goose Game because of how different it was. Then we got Snowbike Mike himself saying Apex Legends, Sinar Wild Hearts, or Call of Duty Modern Warfare. And then we have, uh, what's this person's handle? At the Cinephile Guy says The Walking Dead, the final season, which is a you know, we we got a lot of the same games going here. That was one that stuck out to me. Um, mm-hmm. At Noah Friskop says Amid Evil, which is not a game I'm familiar with. Are you guys familiar with that? No. no. What, what was it? Amid Evil. Like hmm. A-M-I-D Evil. Unless yeah, you may, I don't even know. Maybe, maybe... Oh. Not the, like medieval remake yeah no that's what i thought maybe he meant but yeah a medieval and then we got a real game yeah first person shooter oh really huh yeah interesting i'll have to look that up after uh ignacio rojas says although it ended up getting dethroned as my game of the year by fallen order so that was his game of the year i wanted to give a shout a shout out to kingdom hearts 3 i enjoyed every second of the journey this game takes you on i really liked the gameplay and loved how it wrapped up the saga while teasing the future Another game that almost you almost forget about that released this mm-hmm. year because it was so long ago. Yeah. All right, more replies we got. Uh, oh, that's the same. He just responded on the other one. At Brudenos on Twitter says, Death Stranding. It gave me an amazing sci-fi story with some of the best acting I've seen in a video game. That plus the attention to detail and polish made it my game of the year. 
at I'm just gonna read the names. The Twitter handles are too hard for me, as Stephen knows. Um, <laughs> Joe Wilson says RE2. Danny says Control is my game of the year, and then Mr. Yasman 300 says Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. And we got some more responses here. Mikey Phillips says RE2. Uh, Kyle Stockingson says Control. MC Fixer, aka Corey Spearman, says Resident Evil 2. Gunner Style uh, at Lexi Gunner says Control Most Def. Corey Cudney says I'd say Death Stranding, um, or for a dark horse pick, Bloodstained. An out of left field playthrough for me that I absolutely fell in love with and has really stuck with me. Zach Hartsman says Outer Worlds and Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, Chloe says Fallen Order and Sinar Wild Hearts. And then Lauren Wilson says this year has been a weird year in the sense that I don't really have a clear game of the year. My top ones are Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers and Borderlands 3. Honorable mention to Fortnite Chapter 2, but still needing to play games like Control, Fallen Order, and Luigi's Mansion. So, and then one more response. My nephew Eli texted me and says that his favorite game was again these are games that he played this year dead by daylight um or fortnite because they are fun games to play and they can never end and i like playing online against people i also got <laughs> battlefront 2 yesterday and it's pretty good too <laughs> so yeah, that's man. awesome battlefront yeah man i got, big, I got big. one more also oh do you have one more there uh, yeah pixel brave uh he just replied with oh, a nice. gif and it's uh it's kingdom hearts so i'm guessing that's kingdom hearts oh, okay three. nice yeah that's awesome wow major shout out to the uh kind of funny best friends totally like, that yeah was, that Seriously. was awesome like very very active uh community yeah. members there replying uh with their their answers to that question so that that's awesome thanks yeah thanks for coming no. through guys that was awesome that's really really cool and all familiar like names that uh we always hear come up on the show um people that write into the show um quite a bit so that was cool to have them write into our show and submit some answers so again garrett thanks for taking some people over on Twitter and getting, getting them to send in some responses. So, mm-hmm. all right. Well, before we go, I wanted to do one quick thing. Cause we're, we're tight for time. Megan's going to kill me. I told her I was <laughs> done earlier. Um, <laughs> I wanted to just quickly go around the table and just, we I'm limited at one. You only get one choice. And that is what is your most anticipated game of 20. 20. Um, this is a topic that I want to talk a little bit more into January. So maybe we can do that on an episode of just looking at the year of 2020, what we know and talking about the releases. But as of today, if you could pick one game that is your most anticipated game for next year, what would it be? So Garrett, give me just a second. I got to pull up the list. Here. <laughs> yeah. I kind of put, I did not prep any of you guys for this. I wanted to put you guys on the spot. So, um, okay. So, Ooh, this is tough, <laughs> right? <sighs> 2020 is looking like a pretty on, crazy Man. year. <laughs> All right, I'm going to do it. Animal Crossing New Horizons. Nice. Yeah, nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, Steven. Do Let me guess. No Man's Sky. Whatever the next No Man's yeah. Sky. <laughs> do, do you want to say it, Adam, or should I? I go. Feel free. It's uh, the Final Fantasy VII remake. Yep, ditto. Yeah, no, nice. no question. Yeah, I figured that no would be both here, guys. So. Yeah. Um, 
50 plus hours of of midgar yeah. and a, maybe a little bit more like i'm i'm ready my and these, body is ready <laughs> you know they just had that new trailer too and and, yeah. and a couple new uh, uh photos that they put up too and man it just looks better and better mm-hmm. now if we get a demo before it releases which is really soon it's crazy to think we're only like a couple months really yeah. away please from this. square please yeah. but yeah. if if a demo comes out you guys are going to play the demo or are you going to go oh, in? yeah yeah okay. probably like I six mean, times yeah, yeah. okay seven times maybe. i will spend hours that's fair. That demo. yeah <laughs> for me yep. uh cyberpunk 2077 i mean yeah it was close yeah was that's close. a close one too it it just looks and there's so many other again I limited it to one, so I just got to pick that one. But yeah. it, it's a game that look. If it is good as it looks, it's uh, going to be the best game ever made. Like, honestly, mm-hmm. it yeah. just looks... <laughs> I, I'm glad that I, I ended up getting my PS4 Pro because my Slim was in better shape than my Xbox, but there is no way in hell that I believe that that game would like, run on launch day consoles that are already chugging with some of the other games. It just it looks huge big there's so much going on and i can't wait to like go into that world and just like get lost That's for hours said. yeah <laughs> oh, i love it i had to do it yeah <laughs> i'm right. so mad you made me pick <laughs> i know right? i know right? yeah. just one come on Luke. no like i said in january we'll we'll have you guys on a show and uh, that was something i did in this year is just talk about here's the games coming out this year that i'm looking forward to and it's crazy that a lot of these games we didn't know we're coming in 2019 like death stranding and jedi fallen order like we kind of expected them to come at some point but um it'll be crazy like we don't know what fall next year looks like right like we know that we got godfall and uh hellblade 2 and some other games but it's a new gen like who knows what's going to be there next fall? I'm really excited. It is going to be an incredible year. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, spring and summer. We've you know summer 2020s Ghost of Tsushima, and then we have Cyberpunk and Final Fantasy VII Remake, Animal Crossing. Like we're Last in for a hell of a year. Yeah, next yeah. Year. Last of Us. Yeah. Last Avengers. Of us. Yep. Avengers. Yeah. Ton of stuff. All right. Well, I want to thank all you guys, uh, Stephen, Garrett adam for for doing this episode it's been a lot of fun um steven where can people keep up with you uh so i'm on twitter at lordly king Estot, as well as instagram uh same at lordly king Estot. adam uh twitter at adam palooza 85 how about you garrett i'm lp panther on everything awesome and you can follow me at Luke Allen Arm. More importantly, follow the show on Twitter at Games Are Fun Pod. Also on Instagram at Games Are Fun Pod. Follow us on Facebook. Just search for Games Are Fun. All the social links are in the show notes, so you can just go over there if you want easy access to the other social media sites. And yeah, before we go, I just want to say thank you guys so much uh, to everyone who's listened to the podcast this year. I am just blown away by how this year has gone um, and some of the how the show's grown. I mean, it's, I didn't know any of you a year ago today and it's cool that we've all come together and been able to, to talk video games and share our appreciation for the industry. Uh, it's been really, really cool. The, the year in itself, uh, a lot has happened. Um, like I said, just going from a show that was maybe half an hour long, just this little creative outlet I had of just, Hey, I want, I don't really have anyone in my, you know, my friend group here in Edmonton that is really into video games. So how am I going to 
channel of the discussion of video games. Let's start a podcast. So I went from talking about the podcast or talking on the podcast for, you know, 30 minutes of gaming news and talking about what games I played to, you know, something now I have Adam, you're, you're co-hosting and then just looking to 2020 of all of the stuff that we have planned for you is really, really exciting. Um, could not have done any of it without you guys who, you know, make the decision every week to just take a little bit of chunk out of your week to listen to the podcast means so much. Um, you know, we're not in it to, to get all uh, hundreds and thousands of listens or anything like that. Uh, we, we do it cause we all, we all really like video games. Games are fun and it's really cool that, you know, we can share that with you guys who, you know, write in to question of the week and, and listen to the show. That's, that's really, really cool. So, uh, I wanted to get a little sentimental and, uh, talk about, about that as we wrap on 2019. And then, as I mentioned, 2020, we have some things in place. Uh, I don't want to make any announcements quite yet. We'll, we'll make those in the new year, but yeah, I really want to continue growing the show. And so thanks to you guys who, who continue helping me <laughs> grow the show, I guess. So <laughs> yeah. Um, with that being said, this has been your final episode of games are fun for 2019. Uh, Garrett, Steven, Adam, I hope you guys have a great holiday break and a happy new year. And to all you guys listening out there, happy holidays. And we will talk to you guys in the new year with a fresh new episode. Uh, like I said, stick to us on the social media to know when that first episode is going to go live. So, all right. That was this episode of Games Are Fun, and we'll talk to you guys next year. All right. See you later. <laughs>